All right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Fellow Travelers, a Ziggy's Running Slow podcast. Um, no. <laughs> Presented Thanks. by Face Wide Wheel. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you just keep adding titles. Here's on, exactly. Yeah, it's just going to get longer and longer. Um, no, I, I am. I'm Sam Fain for the defense, and uh, joined by my co-counsel Dennis Freimeyer. And this week we're going to be talking about Ben Song for the defense, uh, the latest episode of our beloved Quantum Leap. Uh, what a great episode it was, Dennis. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I was worried you were about to make me the prosecutor, and I'm like, no, I, I like this episode. Don't make me. <laughs> Uh, don't make me the prosecutor. I mean, I can come up. I, I mean, I have I have some minor quibbles that don't really have to do with the story itself, but just we, we'll, get, we'll get into it. I'm doing all great. Right. Listen, uh, so listen, viewers, we are this is going to be a relatively short uh, recap part because we have two interviews coming yeah. up and I'm going to let Sam talk a little bit about those because he kind of took the lead on those this weekend. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we are so lucky to be joined by not one, but two special guests this week recorded in two separate interviews. We spoke with the writer of the episode, Romy Lore, and so excited, so thrilled. She informed me after the fact that it was her first interview that she'd done. And I was just so thrilled. And I and I told her, I was like, well, good. Now the bar has been suitably set low enough that it's all going to be <laughs> upwards from here. Um, it's only she, <laughs> right. Uh, she was super, super kind, uh, you know, really engaging, lots of great stuff um, to, to say about the episode, about her process, uh, about you know, working with Dean. A um, little background on her. She started off as uh, an assistant to Dean. She worked in a lot of different areas prior to that, but um, just, you know, her pathway towards Quantum Leap, which she talks a little bit more about, but she worked as an assistant with Dean for a few years before um, getting the opportunity to write this episode, and and she did it. This is her very first episode of television ever, um, which is pretty incredible because it's pretty great. So uh, mm-hmm. um, she, yeah, she's wonderful, and look forward to sharing that with you here shortly. And then after that, we get to speak with none other than Jen herself. Uh, we're joined by Nanrissa Lee, and she's fan fantastic uh we had so much fun talking to her uh also about her process about the character of jen about working on the show and i i think it, it was just it was one of those situations where we start you know we hit record we start talking and before you know it you know 90 minutes has gone by and you're like oh gosh i hope we haven't wasted their time <laughs> yeah, i mean I, I i will say we went for 20 minutes before the interview and then yeah. we went on for about a half hour chatting after the interview I mean, maybe uh, even a little bit more than that. Maybe more. It was a lot of yeah. fun. She knows she is a uh, good friends with a guy who I was roommates with in Chicago like 12 years ago. And he's one of those folks like I we haven't like kept in contact afterwards. I mean, like we're like we're like Facebook friends, but we haven't like really kept in close contact. But like he is one of those like he is just a genuinely wonderful human being. Uh, the occasional times I hear from him, it, it's just, it's so great and wonderful. That was such a great time in our lives, like living in that, that condo in Irving, uh, Irving Park. Yeah. Irving Park in Chicago. Hi, Toph. How you doing? Um, I, I, I didn't mention it during our interview, but like back in September, he sent me a Facebook message. He was like, Hey, give me your address. Don't ask questions. why." <laughs> and I was like, all right. Uh, and so I sent him the address, like, all right, I'm going to send you something in the future. Don't know when I'm going to do it, but I'm going to send you something in the future. So after our interview today, I messaged him, like, why didn't you tell me you were friends with Nanrissa from Quantum Leap? And he said, oh, I was going to send you something from her related to the show. I just never got around to it. <laughs> so that's what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, it was fun. It's, it's, it's a very small world. 
It's a very right. Small I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I well, I, like I said, she's wonderful and just so engaging. And she had even mentioned prior to the interview that she had just visited with him because he, he lives in Pennsylvania now right. and she had flown out mm -hmm. to the East Coast. And so she had just visited with him before flying back uh, to California and, uh, when, when, you know, for us to not not for us, not for the interview, obviously, but <laughs> that she would be in California while we were doing uh, the interview. And um, yeah, just wonderful. It was so great to hear about pretty much the entire arc uh, of, of her character, of her work on the show thus far. Mm -hmm. I mean, we pretty much start from the audition process all the way through to Ben Song for the Defense. And it was it was a really wonderful time. Um, and it is certainly, on, you know, for me on a personal level, was super engaging just because I love it when we get to talk about acting and we get to talk about that process. Oh, yeah. You know, it's something that obviously we're, you know, pretty, pretty familiar with. And uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's always wonderful to, to have that type of discussion. Um, and we got to do that a bit, obviously, with Caitlin as well. But uh, yeah, this was this was great. I'm 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 really looking forward to sharing these. I think people are going to enjoy them. So those will come uh, a little bit later. Uh, but first, I think we have to thank uh, some more people besides obviously yeah, Romy and Nenrissa and Dean and everyone who works on the show. Uh, special shout mm -hmm. out to Piper, an editor uh, on the show, and, uh, and yeah. So Dennis, take it away, you sir. Grease in the wheels. Now here we go. Oh, All course. right. <laughs> uh, we want to thank some folks. We want to thank Al's Place, Leap Fan Side, Bourbon and board games carolyn cosplay dad joanne bartlett dana bias rich bork kevin and kevin butcher carol davis dex lower dermot devlin barry donovan brian dreadful troy evers larry ganey jason geis kelly m kelly m she is a new patron she bought us a few coffees thank you so much kelly Aww. michelle hoffman kelly. amy holtkamp Lori johnson Bessie Corey, lady eternal rob nunn Oddly specific with Audra, Christopher Redman, Adrian Saul, Karen Saxon, Jerry Seward, Mike Stouffer, Heather Strabiak, Damon Sugabelli, Larry Trujillo. Larry, I saw your message on Facebook about a get-together in the St. Louis area. I am not ignoring you. I just haven't been on Facebook a lot lately, <laughs> but I am all about that. Stuart Williams, Joe Wilson, our anonymous donors. And as always, a special shout-out to Jessica Conger and Betsy Freimeyer, our spouses who provide vile child care while we record our show, especially this weekend. Oh. Daylight savings time. The cruelest, the cruelest time travel. Time travel, <laughs> yes. If you would like to become a patron, a couple different ways you want to do so monthly, you can do it through patreon.com slash fateswidewheel. One time, buymeacoffee.com slash fateswidewheel. That information is in our is in our show notes. If you would like access to our patron stuff, which honestly right now are just our live watch parties every Monday night, there is a new episode. We're going to get some more stuff out there once these two tired dads yes. get some other stuff going on. Um, if you would like our patron perks, but you are not in a financial place to do so, we'd like to be as inclusive as possible. Head on over to our website at fateswidewheel.com slash patron. Fill out our contact form, drop us a thing, we'll sign you up, you'll get stuff in our email. Absolutely. Um, I want to do two things real quick. One, I want to call myself out for not having the opportunity to mention this, for, for blanking on it, to mention it to Dennis earlier. Adrian Sal. Uh, we've been pronouncing your last name slightly incorrectly. We've been going with the Saul and it is Sal. And, uh, you were so kind enough to drop mm -hmm. us a note, a lovely note, uh, that wasn't only restricted to that, but you did mention it. And I'm so sorry that I forgot to mention it to Dennis ahead of time. Uh, so Adrian, obviously we love you. Uh, you've been such an awesome, wonderful supporter of the show for such a long time. And, uh, I'm sorry, sorry that, that, that 
Yeah, that we didn't get that right. And furthermore, that I failed to correct it. I'm putting it on me. It's not on Dennis. Completely 100% on me. Um, so we will we'll make sure that that in the future is always, always said properly and with the, with the respect and love that it deserves. Um, now, moving uh, along real quick, I, I did want to mention that, uh, of course, as usual, uh, we hope that you are working and endeavoring to set things right where they might be going wrong in your community or in the world at large. We really appreciate all of your support, financial or otherwise. But if you have the opportunity um, to do so, certainly before you think of us, think uh, of some of those wonderful causes um, that are in such desperate need right now of your help. And that would include... Uh, I recently tweeted this, so you can find it on our Twitter account for uh, websites for all of these, but that would include outmemphis.org, transempowerment.org, the Campaign for Southern Equality, working toward LGBTQ equality in the South, uh, Trans Agenda, Transgender Law Center, excuse me, TLC, the Trans Justice Funding Project, the Transformations Project, and of course, the Trevor Project, all incredibly worthy cause and um causes and of course so necessary right now um, as there are so many completely wrongheaded hateful horrible bills being uh, pushed through state legislatures across this country targeting the trans community and uh, trans youth specifically so anything we can do to help we certainly want to amplify uh, as much as we possibly can um, it's certainly important to to both of us uh, to do so and as always of course these are just suggestions we're not telling anyone yeah. to do anything I'm gonna know, say, I, can, I was gonna say, can can, can I can I get on my bullshit here a little bit? Yeah. So we, <laughs> we had someone like give us some pushback on Twitter last night for uh, suggesting these charities, like you said. And I will say, um, you know, Quantum Leap is obviously a show about putting right that once went wrong, and suggesting charities, donating to charities, getting behind the causes that these charities charities support. Let me just uh, put out the idea that it is under the purview of talking about quantum leap because putting right what once went wrong is also very close to putting right what is currently going wrong. And while time travel as it is presented in the show is obviously not possible, at least not yet. We don't, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> not, not uh, to our knowledge. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, there is the idea of what would Sam Beckett do? What would Ben Song do? Uh, and, you know, you can, you can put right what is going wrong in little ways in your community. So just, uh, yeah. Just gonna, just gonna put that out there yeah anyway. absolutely uh and so i think obviously our... even even more so i think you know just to just to say real quick that these are incredibly salient to quantum leap considering the episode let them play and obviously the incredible representation that we've seen on the show across the board not just in let them play um and and i think that uh yeah it 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 matters so yeah yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to keep our recap a little bit short. Fam famous last word. <laughs> You've doomed us. <laughs> I know. Uh, so the idea of keeping a recap short is that we want to put all this out in one episode. We got these great interviews with with Romy and then Rissa coming up. And so we may come back later, back during the summer. We may do a longer yeah. recap of this episode if, if it so moves us. But just for the sake of time and not wanting to put out multiple episodes this week, we, we just want to put one out. And Here's... I, I will say... Go ahead. Uh, let me just interject real quick. Here's something. Here's something that we've been tossing around, uh, thinking a, a little bit about. And I think that this has been done before, quite frankly. So this isn't like, you know, we're not putting our stamp on this, but something that uh, we're tossing around for when the show goes on its, you know, its hiatus before season two is maybe, uh, maybe even recording some audio commentaries for the episodes with Ooh. special guests um Ooh. which i think would be would be a lot of fun so keep your keep your uh, your eyes and ears open for that uh but yeah I, I think that there's always been some um 
part of us that from the beginning has been motivated to revisit these episodes later just because you know we're recording these after you know one or two viewings over a weekend getting it out there so that we can just kind of have that initial reaction and i think that much like we've done the revisited stuff with the classic series it'd be fun to do kind of revisited stuff with the revival as well should the opportunity arise which i believe it will so um yeah just to your point i wanted to kind of add that add that in briefly uh, great. So with that, yeah, I, I, I would jump right in. I'll I'll start off with my, you know, non-spoiler thoughts. I just sure. really enjoyed the hell out of this episode. Um, uh, not not to fawn over it, but I, I really the only critical note that I have is like it's like overall production. What I would love to see like in more episodes, but the, I'll get mm. into that like later on. But yeah, I I just really enjoyed it. I think it is more proof that this series is finding its voice it can really stand on its legs doing just like straightforward normal i think you know i texted you right after watch it i think this is this is the best episode so far that it's just like straightforward normal no huge development in mm -hmm. hq story no huge twist or reveals it's just a nice contained self uh self yeah self-contained story you get a good HQ story again, like SOS, it is perfectly everything at HQ has to do with the leap. You get a nice gen centric episode, which was so many lovely moments all around. We got another Back to the Future reference, which obviously <laughs> I love. Like you don't see it, but over here on this wall, <laughs> I have Back to the Future three, and of course I got the out of time license plate over here. Uh, so I'm always there for for the Back to the Future references. So two weeks in a row. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. So I, I love how back to the future has just become our, uh, has become our shorthand. I love it. So yeah. Yeah. Those, those are my thoughts. Yeah. I, you know, I pretty much agree. I just thought it was a damn good episode uh, from start to finish. It, it was interesting to me after SOS, I thought, how are they going to top this? Not that they needed to top this, but certainly how are they going to match this? And it, it, you know, SOS went from strength to strength to strength. And I feel like, Ben Song for the defense does the exact same thing. It goes from strength to strength to strength and it's a high quality episode. And I feel like we as fans of the show are really getting an embarrassment of riches uh, since coming back mm -hmm. from that winter break, that holiday break, because it's just been an incredible run of episodes. And uh, this was no exception. Uh, I, I thought that it was just dripping with all of the four H's heart, humor, hope, and history. Um, and I loved the way that there was you know, just wonderful subtext and nuance around some of those things that it wasn't necessarily in your face that, that they, you know, that, that, things felt very well earned they were built to um, within the episode itself. Like if you watch this episode in a vacuum, all of that would still stand, you know, you don't necessarily, not that, mm -hmm. not that, you know, I'm not saying watch this episode and none of the rest or anything like that, but this episode works so perfectly just on its own and stands on its own two feet so well. And I really appreciated that uh, a great deal. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I love the lore. I love the myth building. I love the the overall story arc that they that they've got running. And I know that we're going to get to that very soon. And I'm really looking forward to you know to starting to get those resolutions um, to to the overarching story. But that said, this episode felt like, and I've said this like three times already, you know, in the interviews that we did. But it felt like this just really wonderful breath of not fresh air, 
I, I want to amend that statement of different air. And it was really nice um, mm -hmm. because it was that great reminder of like, man, this show can just keep being so many different things in different ways, in different configurations, right down to who's going to step into the imaging chamber this week. Um, and I, I really dug that. And um, overall, I just think it's such a winner and it's, it, it's noteworthy because it's, you know, a first time writer, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's incredible that, that they come out of the gate with the, such a strong episode and you'll hear from Romy later about the, you know, the genesis and the creation of the episode, uh, which I think is fascinating, you know, from her point of view, but um, yeah, just, just high quality all around, wonderful performances, some incredible chemistry between uh, Ben and Jen and just seeing, you know, Ray and Nenrissa kind of play off of one another was so much fun. And of course, like you said too, the project stuff supported the leap so well and seeing what was going on at headquarters um, and how they were working you know, with Ben, basically working to support Ben mm -hmm. and not necessarily working on their own thing, which might thematically tie together, which I always love. I, I really enjoy when they might be working kind of on something a little different that's not tied directly to the leap. Um, and it ties together thematically. I think that that's always wonderful. But the fact that in this case, it is so, you know, married up to what's happening in the leap. Uh, it, it was very strong and provided us with some, you know, some great moments of levity. Um, and, and also, again, drove home that the heart at the, at the end of the episode in particular. So it's definitely a winner. And um, I, I, you know, it's just kind of like, wow, we've got three more episodes left. And if the quality mm -hmm. continues on this level, I, what, what an incredible first season, what an incredible yeah. first season already already you know yeah. absolutely someone posted on uh twitter a little bit earlier that somebody was asking uh somebody posted like they haven't had a chance to see in the new quantum leap is it worth it and one of our followers commented back that's like the the first season is great and the nostalgic oh my god quantum leap is back on tv the second half of the season is genuinely some of the best tv that's out there right yeah now. yeah and and yeah and i absolutely agree worth noting to get in some geeky stuff here just <laughs> of Fates wide wheel. <laughs> so we don't have an exact date lockdown, but we are in April of 1985. Somewhere coming up on April 15th. You said that off mic before we started recording because the AIDS, uh, the AIDS March, the AIDS ride is referenced. Yeah, the International AIDS Conference, um, that's, which was that's in it, that's it. yeah at Atlanta in uh, April of 1985, um, mm -hmm. which uh, yeah I, I believe it took place over April 14th and April 15th, uh, and of course Stuart the biker later on will say that that's where the charity ride that he's going to go on in memory of his uncle who uh, died of AIDS uh, or complications of AIDS um, for sure. That's where they're going to start it, and so I, I think I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what he says, but he might even say a week or something like that. So it's, it's clearly early April, 1985 and we're in Queens, New York. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And Ben has leapt into Elena uh, last name. I don't have in front of me. Uh, Elena Ramirez, excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, he is a public defender um, and immediately leaps in, of course, to uh, an interesting situation with defendant Tyler. <laughs> Absolutely. And I love this is the first episode where they really kind of call attention to Ben's dress as a woman, like other than like other yeah. than the bounty hunter episode. And I, I posted this on Twitter. It's like they call attention to it. They make some slight comedy out of it, but it's not like in your face comedy. Yeah, that that, that some people might see is is problematic now, like trying to like milk comedy out of a out of a man in a woman's dress, which 
could be seen as a little bit transphobic, but yeah, they don't they don't go there. I love how the entire episode they don't make a meal out of it, but Ben never quite gets used to walking in heels. Yes. There is a moment right at the very beginning where he approaches uh, to make a statement on behalf of, of Tyler, and he is clearly wobbly on the heels. Mm -hmm. It's a testament to Raymond's physical capabilities as an actor. And this is something that Nanarissa mentions later in, in mm -hmm. our interview, um, just how incredibly adept he is, because there is this... I, it's something that I think you could almost just like not even pay attention to, but he recovers in such a commanding way and yet not, you know, not overconfident, not, you, you know, he, like you said, he doesn't make a meal out of the fact that he, that he stumbles in the heels. It's just like heels, heels can cause anyone a problem. I'm, I, I'm sure. forgetting the, you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't even know I was in these things. Okay. <sighs> now I'm back, but it's this wonderful bit of like physicality on, on Raymond's part. And it, it, you know, and yes, there's a little bit of humor to it, but there's also, there's an awareness to it that I think kind of speaks to the heart of what you're saying about how the, there is something humorous sometimes about the clothes, right? But not because he's mm -hmm. dressed as a woman. It's more because these clothes are so outdated by, by any of you know, our yes. standards. That's kind of what they lean into even more. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I just, yeah, I, I, again, it's worth noting that, you know, I mean, Raymond is just such a, a wonderful physical actor and brings so much to the table. And that little moment for me, it was, it was definitely one that I kind of was like, oh, that's that's good stuff like the the way that you know yeah. he recovers it's just so so wonderful yeah and it should be worth noting that so we're in april 1985 we are in one of the few leaps where we're in the realm where we could have some crossover with sam beckett so sam was in uh, i believe in new york in no 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 no, not new york they were on the other side of the country I think, san francisco right yeah they yeah. were in san francisco never mind never mind <laughs> uh but anyway, so he was just there in February uh, in 85 for Temptation Eyes. I want to know what love is. I want every time. Every time I had I'm to buy it. that song on iTunes just so we could use a clip of it in, the, in our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then um. April 85, April 85, Dr. Ruth, which April 85, Dr. Ruth, that would have been in New York, right? I think that, that would have been in New York. Yeah. 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 So not, I mean, I think, I think uh, Ben has leaked out by this point because Dr. Ruth took place on uh, April 25th, 1985. Oh, yeah. But again, the nerd in me just has to ask, like, is it intentional that, that Ben never crosses paths? Like even like the same, like, date and time right yeah, I don't know. yeah well you know one of the things to kind of geek out over in addition to that is the thought that like the you know the sam beckett the leaper right yes is is, is out there leaping sam beckett the human being who is yet to leap is also out there and you got to figure in 1985 you know what sam doing he's probably working you know they're, they're you know is he, is he working on project starlight at that point or is you know is Starbright, Starbright yeah. rather mm -hmm. um you know or or because uh, i don't think we have like a specific timeline set for all of that but anyway uh, you know that's interesting to think about you know, the, the idea that you've got a you know what a 30 i always forget the year that sam is born 32 he'd be, year he'd old. be 32 yeah yeah 32 year old yeah. sam beckett uh or no i guess he'd be 31 right because august of 53 or is it august of 52 i don't know look, look. august 53 
I love this show. So he'd be 31. Uh, but some yeah. of these details on, on occasion. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it is interesting to think about. And you wonder, um, the, I, I think the possibility, it's funny because obviously there's so much conversation about wanting nods or Easter eggs or wanting to have um, this addressed or that addressed. And, and it's valid. It's valid conversation, even if it's not something necessarily that's running through my mind. And I think that is something that's sometimes important to remember when having these conversations is it's like, look, anything could happen. Like everything's on the table, sure. you know? Yeah. So I, I think that it, it's, it is just interesting to maybe speculate about the idea. Like you're saying, well, we haven't had a lot of opportunities for that crossover. And now, you know, when we, when we see Ben in, in an era where maybe Sam could be leaping around or Sam Beckett could just be out there walking the streets, you know, before he's ever left. Uh, it's, it's interesting to think about the possibility of, of, of those sort of, you know, crossovers, connections, glimpses, kisses with history, history in a very different yes. way. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's not a yeah it's not a quibble in any way. It's just like fun stuff that I like to geek out about. The thing I will quibble about Sam is just for the love of God, put the dates on the screen. Like either <laughs> either with, either with 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 a graphic or like you've said before, like in some way, uh, you know, like or like, like on a newspaper or in the very opening moments, like lock us in, like like the bounty hunter episode, like a few minutes in, like they lock us into. Uh, princess diana's wedding if i remember yeah. correctly yep. like lock us in and give us a date and the thing is and this is a, a thing i loved about let them play that we just never brought up in our conversation with shakina what i love in particular about that episode is not only do they put the date on screen but they find a way to do it within the context of the episode because it's done i'm not sure what like what the name of the font is but it's like that that high school athlete school spirit font yeah Right, which, right. Which I absolutely love. And like when that came up, like Betsy pointed out, like they are missing such a great opportunity in every episode. They could do that with every episode is put the date on the screen, but do it in the style of whatever episode they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, again, it's one of those things that I, I, I don't necessarily miss it um certainly while i'm watching the episode but after the fact mm. yeah i mean it, you, you do kind of wonder it's like when was that set especially because like you know for for people who like us who are geeking out over the show have had a podcast for as long as we've had about the original show and the original show did that right you know gave us the dates uh. um on screen at the beginning of the episode it's funny because jj lindell friend of the show awesome artist amazing uh, mm -hmm. all around good human um, created a concert tour t-shirt for Ziggy's running slow, uh, which was mm -hmm. sort of based off of, you know, some, some Twitter interaction. And he included dates for every single leap being, you know, each one mm -hmm. being a tour date. Um, yeah. And they were obviously some of them had to be sort of, you know, fudged a little bit fudged. here or there because specific yeah. dates weren't necessarily given. Uh, he did include Sam's birthday uh, for one of the dates, which I thought was great. Not the year, but it was August 8th, um, mm -hmm. which, I, which I thought was fun. But um, even looking at the shirt, it did run through my mind. It was just sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't have specific dates for those things. And yeah. Um, so yeah, I I would love to see that even if it's even if it's something just supplemental, you, you know what I mean. After the season is over, and maybe in next season we'll see more of that, or or, or maybe not. Um, but I but I understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from. Yeah, and I will say that, and this could be total spec. This is total speculation. Could be total bullshit. If you're someone who works on the show and it's total bullshit, feel free to call me out and say it's total bullshit. <laughs> but I noticed that the 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 only episodes where they put the date on the screen is after the nineteen. It's nineteen nineties or after. Oh, like the earliest one was nineteen was nineteen ninety three for um, 
Atlantis. Paging doc no uh, paging Doctor Song. Atlantis nineteen ninety eight. And they've done it for every oh, post nineteen they've done it for every post nineteen ninety episode except for family style. Okay. And a and a part of me wonders if that is not a network decision because they don't want to put a date like nineteen sixty two or nineteen thirty six on the screen because they're afraid of scaring off viewers in the first five minutes who think like it's set in two period of a piece and they're gonna lose interest. Interesting. That just crossed my mind in the last week. But I think it's weird that the only time we've gotten dates on the screen are 1990s or after. Mm -hmm, Again, if you mm -hmm. work on the show and you listen to this and that's total BS, feel free to tell me. But that just crossed my mind the other day. <laughs> yeah. I Well, look, you know, if, if, if anyone out there is listening and knows, feel free to provide us with the answers. Let us know what your thoughts are. And I again, my hope is, and it's it's something that, that we even talked with Nedrissa about, is that we do get some sort of physical release. And I know, I know based off of some of the stuff that we've heard, that that is actually something that has been, if not actively, like, discussed. It has certainly been something mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's a possibility. Like, there's been at least a conversation about it. Um, now, whether or not it actually happens or whether or not that conversation was any sort of, like, we should have DVDs or anything like that, if some sort of physical I mean, media gets released for the show, it would really, I mean, that type of information would be super cool to have. Um, just because I, 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 I do think that there's, yeah. there's, there's a desire for it. Yeah. I mean, any more, don't they put out a, at least a Blu-ray of, of like any successful TV show at all? No, actually. It, it, in fact, a really? couple of years ago, yeah, a couple of years ago, they stopped, you know, it used to be just, you know, that's what they did right for every show mm -hmm. and uh a few years back they slowly started halting production of physical media for like just every show any and every show some shows mm -hmm. still get it um you know and some shows don't it's really strange and when it comes to like blu-ray and 4k there are quite a few shows that don't see release on blu-ray or 4k they only get like a dvd release because it's it's a more expensive format and uh it's very strange. I hope that that corrects. Part is, of it also is, is because it more... streaming, you know, is, is... I was going to say, there it is. Yeah. There it is. If you got to stream it, you got to keep paying out that dough. I love you, Peacock. Don't, don't, don't. Although, to, to, well, to, to be fair, though, I will say that a lot of the, the streaming services, um, you know, obviously, like Peacock, like they're streaming the show. However, um you can still purchase digital episodes like on iTunes or Amazon or, you know what I mean? So you can still purchase individual episodes or full seasons digitally. Um, and they're yours to keep, uh, you know, as long as sure. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope I, I do think that there is a stronger possibility for seeing a physical media release for something like quantum leap than there is for say, you know, Chicago fire. Um, just because I do think that the, the type of fandom that follows a show like quantum leap is certainly more likely to buy a physical release than, you know, yeah. the type of fans that follow some of those other shows. Um, that's not a knock on those shows. I think that's just indicative of, of, of the way that people consume, you know, their, their media. So, um, sure. Yeah. There's a tangent. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> like, like we do. Um, right. 
what are some other things we loved about this episode? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, first of all, shout out to the guest cast. Um, incredibly strong guest cast. I feel like we could say that you know pretty much every single episode. Um, this is no exception. Uh, Dean Cameron, famous for playing Chainsaw in Summer School, amongst many others. But I recognized him, and I was just sort of like, oh my god, that's Chainsaw. Um, plays Saul, who is a, an attorney that helps Ben out on occasion. Clearly has a bit of a rapport with Elena, and is kind of you know even suggests like get into private, like get out of being a public defender you know it's an awful gig or whatever um and, and and again gives ben you know some important information along the way enjoyed enjoyed him a great deal uh, edward gelhouse who plays Stuart the biker what a wonderful role what a wonderful performance in something that absolutely subverts our expectations i think and leads us to one of my favorite bits of history in this episode mm-hmm. Um, when he's trying to get his bike back, you, you know, and, and it, because mm-hmm. Elena had helped him with his case and his, his motorcycle was impounded and he really wants it back. And, you know, he, he's asking Ben, help me, you know, get my bike back. And Ben obviously is overwhelmed with everything else that he's doing and, you know, meets, uh, Stuart outside the courthouse, uh, one morning and, you know, it's like, Hey, I really need my bike. And, and of course Ben's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm going to get your bike for you. And then Stuart lets us know that the reason he needs his bike is because he's participating in a charity ride for AIDS um, because his uncle lost his life due to um, the virus. And it is, it's just a really wonderful moment. And I loved it so much. I love that it tied into the very real international AIDS conference, which was organized, you know, by the CDC, a couple of other organizations took place in Atlanta in 1985 at a time when you have to remember that the president of the United States had still not acknowledged the disease. Yeah. Let that sink in, right? And mm-hmm. and 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 I just thought that it was a wonderful moment where again, I hope that it would motivate people to be like, wow, it was 1985, you know, there still had not been any sort of professional medical organization, you know, holding a conference to address this. And, and, and again, it's one of those moments that I just hope can instigate people to like, you know, after the show's over, you know, hop on your computer, hop on your phone, get on Wikipedia, whatever, and, and take a look and, 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 and learn a little bit more. And then for those that are in the know, I do think it's just, it, it, it's a very moving uh, uh, moment. And, and I really, I, that was just one of my favorite bits, to be honest with you. I really liked that a lot. Yeah, I, I love it. It was like I was talking about with Family Style a couple of weeks ago, like where it's possible, like you can have that touchstone in history. And like you said, like, if you want to know more, you can get online afterwards. You can learn more about it. But it does not in any way distract from the main point of the episode or right. make the episode about that. We just visit on that. And also, I love the, the additional payoff at the end. Like, we we don't just have that, that character there to talk about that. We have the payoff of giving Ben the ride to go get the murder yeah. weapon. Right. So they and can, Stuart so they finds the gun. Yes, that's what. <laughs> is this a gun? Is this what? Is this? What this? Yeah. <laughs> and that was just. I, I think at the moment, like where they show the scene of them like pulling up and Ben is riding on the back of the motorcycle. That's when I decided I, I absolutely love this episode. Yeah, yeah, it, it was lovely. And, and again, yeah, what a wonderful visual too, right? Like seeing Ben mm-hmm. on the back of the motorcycle with with Stuart. Uh, Michael Garza, who plays Camillo, um, you know, again, just what a, what a wonderful turn. And just seeing this this youth um, having taken on so much, you know, being uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the breadwinner for his family, taking care of his grandmother, taking care of uh, his, his younger brother, Leo, uh, who was played by um, Isaac uh, 
Ariansu. Oh gosh, I probably messed that up, and I'm really sorry. Um, but um, just yeah, again, wonderful, wonderful performances by both of them. Seeing the, the real stakes for Camillo and the fact that like, you know, he is willing to go to jail for ten years. You know, just, but like, he just needs to get this over with, right? You know, then he's willing to go to jail for four years, right? He's willing to do that, even though this is a crime that he did not commit. Um, just in hopes that, you know, he can try to do something for, for his family. And, and, and obviously he also doesn't want to do that. Right. Like he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily want to go to jail for 10 years. He doesn't necessarily want to go to jail for four years, but he also doesn't necessarily want to risk the fact of going to jail for life and not having any possibility of helping his family. And then seeing Leo, you know, Isaac does such a wonderful job as Leo because Leo has this, uh, I, I, you know, this quality of wanting to do the right thing, but also willing to do the bad thing to accomplish the right thing. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he plays with that really, really well, especially in the conversations with Ben, um, it, you know, up to the point that like he's willing to go stand on a street corner, work corner and sell drugs and, and do whatever it mm-hmm. takes in order to support the family and be in this gang, uh, which, of course, provides the, the whole motivation for the, for the crime. Um, Jonathan Chase is ADA Barnes. What a son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> uh, wonderful, wonderful performance. Uh, there's some really, really kind of slimy moments. Uh, you know, some interesting moments, um, and, and yet done in a way that never it it never feels like mustache twirling villain. You know, bringing that phrase back. Um, and 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 here's I the thing. That. I I think this is just the thing that popped into my head that occurred to me. You can play mustache twirling villain and lawyer. I will totally buy it. <laughs> I'll, that's buy a fair point. I'll buy it every that's time. a fair point yeah. uh and then of course you know one of the mvps of the episode uh deandra lyle who plays vicky uh is superb and the relationship between her and ben slash elena is so beautiful and ends up mm-hmm. you know being like th- this episode has like multiple emotional spines honestly and mm-hmm. this is certainly one of them their relationship is fantastic there are uh multiple scenes um between the two of them that are are so lovely and you know one of the things that that i can't help but mention for uh, another time you'll hear it again later in the interviews and i apologize for repeating myself is that the final scene that they share together before ben goes to give his summation in court um it is a reminder of the fact that our leaper connects with the people around him. There is never mm-hmm. any sort of wall. I feel like, you know, sometimes in the classic series, Sam would, would, would put up a little bit of a wall. You know, he would put up a little bit of a barrier mm-hmm. between fully connecting with the people around him because, you know, and, and this is not, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just, this is just mm-hmm. uh, something that I notice about the, the original series. And, and part of that played into his uncomfortability, I think, with being in these very intimate emotional situations and being vulnerable around these people who are sure. being so vulnerable around him. And it makes perfect sense it, that is again it's mm-hmm. not a critique but the thing that's so lovely and, and set you know and sets this show apart in some ways is that ben doesn't do that ben allows himself mm-hmm. to be incredibly vulnerable with these people he connects with them and as you'll hear later that's not just ben that's just that's just raymond the actor you raymond know Day. that's just and, and like and it's lovely and the way they connect it, it it was it was just such an emotional moment it was really really beautiful and you kind of felt like there was this idea that he was doing it as much for vicky as he was for elena the idea sure. that like vicky needs to feel loved right now basically and mm-hmm. feel like she is supporting and loving you know her, her person and it was just beautiful i loved it yeah i think like to that point like i think that's the difference between uh quantum entanglement leaping and body leaping from the classic series he's like one you kind of got a little bit of elena 
left behind in Ben, and that could explain mm. a part of it. But two, also, and this is the thing that, that even as a kid, it always bugged me about the classic series, and I thought it was a little... It, it just totally took me out of the show because I just thought it was like too precious. And again, I thought this even as like an 11, 12, 13 year old, like whenever Sam couldn't say, I love you to someone because mm. he, he didn't actually love them to me. It's like, Oh, just for the love, just, <laughs> just say it, <laughs> just, just say it, just to embrace the fact that you are in this person. Literally you're in their shoes. You are in their persona there, or just say the thing because that you have no problem making out with women, making out with people, Sam, you have no problem with that. Damn it. Just say, I love you. Just say the right. thing that they need to hear. That's all I'm saying. And yes, to your point, I think uh, how, how Ben and how Raymond, like how embraces that. And he is fully there with them. Absolutely love that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great way of putting that, too. That's a, it's a wonderful example. Um, other things to love about this episode, Jen entering the chamber, obviously. That's awesome. We oh, learned God, that she yeah. has, has a law degree that she earned it while she was in jail. You know, I love there's a wonderful line. What did you think? She was going to you know sit around in jail and do nothing. Uh, and, and, it, mm -hmm. and, and that's true. It's like I totally buy it. You know, this isn't like this isn't like, a, oh, Al can do everything sort of moment. This is just sort of like, yeah, that's exactly what Jen would do. I totally mm -hmm. buy that. Uh, so she can help and support Ben in a way that Addison won't be able to for this leap. And it's wonderful because it's Addison's call, right? Like Addison is the one that recognizes early on in the leap. She's like, you know what? I might not be able to help you, but I know someone who can. Uh, and of course, right. Jen doesn't want to do it, um, but uh, ends up doing it and doing it very well. And I think learning a lot about herself along the way, which makes the episode even stronger. This isn't just a gimmick. Right. This isn't just a, hey, let's put somebody else in the chamber and see what happens. This is, mm -hmm. there's a point and it's wonderful. Yeah, there are I'm, so, so many wonderful character moments out of that. Like the, the, the bunny monologue, Jen being touched at the end, like you know, when she sees like what, how the fate of all the characters now it turns out and them joining the innocent project and realizing that like she is a part of this project and that she can make a difference uh absolutely loved all of that there i, I don't want to ruin it because it's such a funny story in the interview with nanarissa there is a bit that accidentally gets created because of of nanarissa's clumsiness <laughs> with with a particular prop <laughs> in the episode and i didn't say this in the, in the interview because we had some technical issues because there was some lag there was a bit of lag yeah it, 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 yeah so it was just like i was like i, I don't want to interject because i know it's going to create a delay but i almost wish that they actually made that a bit in the right. episode like right. a physical bit but i know eh, that was that, that wasn't part of it uh but anyway that being said this isn't this is not a criticism of this show it's just something that i enjoyed and that i miss about the old show is that I like in the old show, there was kind of this mystique around the imaging chamber and the relationship between mm. Sam and Al and not just sure. anybody can step into the imaging chamber. Or if you do, it takes a lot of juice and it takes a lot of, um, you know, it takes a lot of, you know, like special power juice. It's late at night. And I'm losing my words. It's after 10. <laughs> anyway, but you can't just have someone else step into the imaging chamber. Like you got to do some stuff to make that happen. Right. I do kind of miss that sure. about, about, uh, about the, 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 the old series. But that being said, I think like the fact that you can get someone else into the imaging chamber and, and have this wonderful, this bit, it's lovely. All worth it just for the sports almanac bit. <laughs> yes. Oh, so, you know, Jen obviously brings so just just a, a wonderful, uh, you know, different kind of energy to the the observer role and some of the stuff that she says. 
uh like she says a lot about sleeping with the enemy when we see vicky because i did mention this earlier but vicky of course works for the district attorney's office in the second chair in this particular case uh and uh you know she's, she's like oh sleeping with the enemy she has this other uh bit of course uh you know it's like oh we've got marty mcfly's sports almanac it's like what are you talking about uh mm-hmm. and and you know that's the way that they, they end up raising the money for mm-hmm. tyler's bail because you find out if tyler goes into jail um at rikers he's gonna be paralyzed um yeah. you know and it's it's a wonderful moment and, there, and, and there's definitely like some question about like is this was this the right thing to do and i'm not going to say anything more about it but you will hear in the interview with romy um about some you know sort of behind the scenes and deleted scenes sort of stuff uh that that is that that plays in wonderfully with that which is cool um yeah i I, the the bunny speech which is obviously something that we talk about in both the interviews so i'm not going to belabor the point is is hilarious and and also touching the way that she is able to still motivate ben you know without being addison it's a wonderful reminder i think of the relationship and the, the closeness of all of these people and also a wonderful reminder that ben is indeed like a hero like ben you know he he needs he needs a little support he needs a little push from time to time especially after all of these leaps right and he's working so hard but at the end of the day like he's gonna do the right thing because as he says earlier in the episode it matters to me you know these people matter to him and he doesn't know them right he doesn't know any of these people but they matter to him and that is awesome um yeah yeah at one point in the episode when it turns out like um the 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 kid, the one who's being uh, prosecuted, forgive me, blank his name, Camilo. When Camilo is urged to take the the four year deal, and we find out like, oh, if he takes this deal, like the family ends up being okay, better off, right? Better off, yeah. And I really thought like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna go a little complicated, they're a little sticky, and they're gonna actually like take the four year deal, and they're gonna make like a little commentary is that. For some people, it's not fair. It's not just, but you you have to do it. Yeah, and yeah. so that would have been, like I'm not saying that would have been a better choice or a worse choice. I'm just saying like for about 15 seconds, I thought that that's where they were going to go, and I thought that would have been an interesting choice. Sure, I love like I love the fact that Jen just flat out says, "Take the deal, and you'll leap." And Ben mm-hmm. actively says, that's not good enough. That's not what we're going to mm-hmm. do. And it's amazing, you know, and he's got the wonderful, you know, he imparts hope to Camilo, right? Like, you know, he's like, that's what this is about, like having hope. And and, and the way that he explains hope is, is wonderfully done. Um, it's heartbreaking because the episode serves as a wonderful commentary on the American judicial system and the way that we mm-hmm. um, punish criminals you know and the failures of that system and this is an episode that takes place 38 years ago and let's just be honest in 38 years not a whole hell of a lot has changed Mm -hmm. the arguments that take place over things like you know cash bail or you know um Mm -hmm. it's it is still an issue mass incarceration is 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 a problem and um you know the, the the fact that we see i mean if not daily at least weekly you can find a report of someone being exonerated for a crime they didn't commit 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago people in prison mm-hmm. for decades of their life for crimes they did not commit 
And I think that this episode does a wonderful job of telling a story that takes place in the confines of that system, that broken system, um, while presenting you, just, just telling you a story, right? Like without mm-hmm. being, uh, to borrow Romy's words that you'll hear later, without being dogmatic about it. And that is sure. also one of the reasons why the episode is so successful. Absolutely. Also love, also love the mm-hmm. fact that Ben leaps before the verdict is read. Yeah. Thought that was cool. I love that. It, it, it's, it's a thing. It's like, as soon as they saw it happen, it's like, ah, yes, of course. Cause we're kind of following this tradition in the show. Like very much like let them play where, oh, like we're, we're letting the leapy have the moment. Yeah. Elena not... gets to win the case, right? You know? <laughs> yes. I mean, the, the, the leapy gets the moment. And also I think it's, you know, I, I've kind of given shit to the writers before about trusting the audience more. And I realized, like, this is a case where they do trust the audience more. Like, you don't need to see that resolution. You know what's going to happen. Right. And that, and that is enough. And you can just, like, get on, get on to the next thing. Which, the next episode, Shades, uh, definitely Shades of Shock Theater. Absolutely. Yeah. Even the even the like the lightning, you know, and thunder crash outside the window at the very end. It was just sort of like, oh, that is, yeah. you know, that that evokes shock theater all the way. Um, yeah, it's I, I yeah. Look, it's going to be a good one. I like. There's some really fucking good stuff coming your way. There's um, good stuff. So so we've seen some sides from this next episode, um, and without tipping too much like a question that i have seen asked more than once on social media yes and recently yep a question is going to be answered yeah um in regard to a, a connection stop, stop. To the, <laughs> in regard to connection to the classic series yeah uh so yes i think yeah I'm, yeah i'm looking forward to it one thing uh, that I want to go back just briefly on, because we've obviously, of course, naturally gone way longer than we anticipated, yeah. uh, is I wanted to <laughs> mention. To I know. Uh, I wanted to mention something else I loved about the episode is that Jen steps out of the chamber before Ben gives the summation. Jen has helped him all through this, so that Addison is in the courtroom while Ben gives the closing remarks, and of course, he speaks you know, to her basically says, I would go to the end of time for the person I love to help illustrate the fact that Camilo has done this thing, you know, out of, uh, well, not done this thing, not done this thing rather out of love, like, right. Like like to just, you know, picture the, the, the lengths that you would go. Um, and I just love that she was there for that. One other thing that's incredibly important and it's something you'll hear a little bit more about in the interview with Romy is that Ben and Addison say, I love you to one another. And this is the first time they've said that to one another since like the third or fourth, or no, not third, fourth, fourth, fourth or fifth episode, I think. So um, yeah, it's, it's been quite a while since they said those words to one another. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Um, the, I think the way that you can kind of read that moment, I think it can have multiple interpretations. So I'll be interested to know what other people think of it. And I'll be interested to know what people think too of, of Romy's comments about it, because Romy, you know, is pretty clear about kind of what her in- intent was with that moment um, later on, which is cool. I will say that took me by surprise. Cause like I said, I was feeling like fellow travelers paging Dr. Song that we were seeing like a little bit of a pull away from Addison in regard to Ben. So I was, pleasantly surprised with that but i also know we only have three episodes left (laughs) so i'm curious to see what they are setting up there yeah 
You know, look, in, in, in closing, I will just say I thought the episode had so many really just wonderfully, you know, earned moments, um, again, within the episode itself, in the context of the larger picture double that you know so many wonderfully earned moments the 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 seeing ben interact with someone that's not addison um seeing ben remember magic uh seeing the interplay between uh, the headquarters team and you know the bets that are floating around between uh you know who who ben's gonna remember first or you know this or that or that sort of stuff also of course begs the question of like is jen okay is Jen okay here doing a little gambling? Like, is that, you know, is that all right for her? Cause it's clearly, you know, her father is, is an addict. So, um, but yeah, just some wonderful stuff overall. And, and we're not going to talk too much about it because it's, it's, it's something that we talk, I think pretty in depth about with both Romy and with Nanrissa, but the moment when Jen, you know, gets to read off what happens in the new history now that Ben has successfully made these changes is just such a beautiful moment for the show, for the character of Jen, uh, and I loved it and, and, and for so many reasons. Um, so I felt like that this was just, again, an incredibly successful episode of the series and um, another among multiple high points for Quantum Leap season one. Absolutely. I would agree. like SOS and these, what I, like I said, what I love about them is that they're almost self-contained and we've been in as much, as much as I've given uh crap about where's Janice the last few episodes. <laughs> like I, I said, I say that with love, you know, I posted some memes on Twitter and Facebook the other night. Like I, I, I do those with love. I do oh, them yeah. jokingly. I would say like in particular, these last two episodes, like, like the Janice storyline would have stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. probably if they injected them in there and so if i was to introduce someone to the new show later in this season like sos and this one would probably be like two of the episodes that i would use to introduce them. for sure I, I agree with that um also worth noting that martinez is of course mentioned you know Leaprex is at least mentioned in the episode uh there is there is some follow-up there um the fact that we don't see or hear from him that there's not necessarily progress made um on you know on his whereabouts or about what is happening why he's there again i did not mind that at all, you know, that because that's not what this story is about. Um, and again, with three episodes left, obviously we're going to see Martinez very soon and learn everything we want to know uh, or, or probably almost everything we want to know about that character and their motivations uh, very soon. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, that's that's it. Right. Just a great episode all around. Mm -hmm. um, we hope people enjoyed it um, as much as we did. And, and we hope that you'll enjoy uh, our conversations uh, uh, coming up. Um, anything else yeah. that you want to add? We didn't clarify. We... Uh, no. Yeah, we didn't clarify earlier. I wasn't uh, able to be on for Romy. So that that's all you. So we're going to we're going to throw to Romy, have that wonderful interview. I, I get to listen as a fan. That's great. That's awesome. And then and then after that. We will Nandrissa, which I was able to be on. And yeah, wonderful time. Yeah, absolutely. So enjoy uh, the interview with Romy Lore. And immediately following that, enjoy the interview with Nandrissa Lee. Uh, Jen, uh, Romy, of course, wrote the episode, uh, her first episode uh, of television that she's ever written. I mean, congrats. That's pretty awesome. First episode, uh, first interview. Awesome. I know. I st I'm yeah. still sort of like, oh, wow, how about that? Uh, and of course, Nanrissa, uh, thank you so much for joining us as well. Uh, but enjoy these interviews. We'll be back very, very briefly. We promise this time after this is over uh, to, to wrap things up here before we get out and, and uh, uh, get ready for next week, which is sure to be 
quite the episode. Uh, so enjoy these comments from both Romy and Nenrissa, and we'll be right back. Romy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So thrilled to have you here. Uh, it's a pretty big occasion. Uh, your first episode of television as a writer. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. Ben Song for the Defense. And I, I loved it. Uh, I, I thought it was just such a fantastic episode of Quantum Leap. Really, you know, encapsulated everything that I love about the show. Certainly encapsulated uh, the four H's that, that Deborah Pratt has talked about. The hope. Oh my goodness, humor. what are they? Uh, hope, humor, heart, and history. Um, oh, and this Great. was layered with so much stuff. So I'm really looking forward to to, to digging in. Um, but before we do that, uh, what was your exposure to Quantum Leap like before coming onto the show? So, I mean, I remember the original show. I'm sure as a child, I I saw, you know, an episode here and there. So I definitely knew the concept, but that was about it. And, yeah. um, you know, I kind of came onto the show with Dean because uh, I uh, wor was working for him at the time. Um, so then I was I was very much up to date with the new show at where it was um, when I came on to write my episode. And so, yeah, it was quite actually a, a easy transition, you know. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we've had the pleasure of having Dean on the show a couple of times um, mm -hmm. and uh, he's great. He's fantastic. That said, I've got you here now. I know you've worked with him for like 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. So feel free to spill all the tea. Um, let me know everything he does that drives you crazy. No, uh, in, in all seriousness. Um, what's it been like that process working with him? Because you, you know, obviously working with him for so long, I'm sure that, you know, there's there's a, a great rapport, you guys have kind of like a system in place. And just, you know, coming from working as his assistant to now writing this episode, what's that journey been like for you? Um, it has been the most educational journey in the business that I've had ever. Um, and I, um, I have worked a lot of different areas. So I've, I've been on the, the management side. I've been, I've worked on set for quite a few years. Um, but my focus and my goal was always to kind of get in the writer's room. So, you know, I, I had to make the decision of like, okay, I need to work for a showrunner. And uh, <laughs> Dean was the second showrunner um, I worked for. And it was kind of that perfect opportunity where Dean is a person who enjoys and loves seeing others learn and will foster that mentorship and growth. And it's, yeah, and it's just amazing. And, you know, I have been with Dean for like three years, so I've seen different parts of the process, you know, developing new shows, pitching shows, selling, you know, selling them around town, and then also like once you're in production. So they're all like very different skill sets for writers um, to learn. And so it was a wonderful opportunity to be able to um, learn each aspect of those. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, he's been incredibly kind and, and helpful. And even some of the conversations that I've been able to have with him, you know, apart from the show, have been exactly what you said, educational. Um, you know, I've just learned so much, um, you know, coming from strictly a theater background as an actor, mm -hmm. like I've learned so much about television production and about writing just in the brief conversations we've had. So I can only imagine what it's like to, you know, to really like be in that uh, uh, with him. Um, 
at what point did you know that you would be writing this episode? Uh, like a week before I joined the room to break it. <laughs> <laughs> uh and we've talked obviously we've, we've spoken with a few other writers and, and you know and again in talking with dean and stuff it, it seems like sometimes the process is that uh you know an episode might kind of get pitched and then it's kind of assigned to a writer i'm curious mm -hmm. in this case was this you know was that the process here or was this an idea that you kind of brought to the table and and, and pitched yourself and got to go off and write yeah. Um, no, it was assigned to me. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have had the confidence to go, hey, I want to do a legal drama as my first episode. <laughs> it is yeah. not my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, so, but I think, you know, episode to episode, it's always a bit of a mixture, but the case of like the end of first season, we were kind of... Um, trying to look for stories that um, could also fit our budget. Um, so we sure. found these really great stages that are like legal courtrooms and stuff where we shot the episode and I was just like, okay, we're starting with the set this time. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, before I even started writing the episode, I went and looked at the stages and kind of, okay, this is what we're working with. So it was a little bit of a, you know, different process. Um, but it was still great, you know, it was, it was so great. And we had some really great uh, legal consultants that we worked with, which kind of saved me because not only <laughs> well, for my accent, I'm not from this country. So not only am <laughs> I not great with legal necessarily, like in particular, the U.S. legal system is incredibly yeah. foreign to me. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I think it's incredibly foreign to most people that live here, were born here. So yeah. I, I can imagine. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I love about the show, obviously, is that you get to do so many different kinds of stories and so many different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. This episode in particular felt like I hesitate to say it this way because I don't want to imply that the show is getting stale in any way, shape, or form, but it felt like such a breath of fresh air in so many ways. Um mm -hmm especially having Jen as the hologram um, for Ben for the bulk of the episode, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, is, is fantastic. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, we, we get to talk to Nenrissa tomorrow. And so I'm really looking forward to, to hearing right. you know, her right. perspective on all that. Um, but I'm curious as to, you know, where that thought came from to, you know, to kind of like feature her as the hologram. And, and also when approaching, you know, this, this episode, when you look at it, do you think there are things that set it apart from what has come before um, thus far in the season? It's, it's hard for me to kind of look at it that way because each episode is so different, you know? It's sure. like, let's compare apples and oranges. <laughs> and it's just like, and <laughs> like you just mentioned earlier, the four H's is like, that is kind of the core that carries us through from episode to episode, you know? Yeah. And then other than that, everything changes so much. Um, right. So I, but I, I was really happy with the balance um, of those four H's, which I now know. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, I, I felt like it had a lot of heart and it did, and I, I was able to get a lot of humor, which was really yeah. important to me. Cause like the pace and the humor of the story was like, a legal drama and someone on like on trial for murder and going to go to prison for life. It is so heavy and yeah. the bleakness of the, 
the public defense system, you know, particularly at that time is like incredibly heavy as well. And so I, I really wanted to find ways to find levity in that, um, in, in the chaos in that as well, you know? Well, you know, one of the things that I found so fascinating, too, is it just from that historical perspective, um, you know, it's 1985, we're in New York, and we're hearing, you know, these stories, we're getting these snapshots of all of these different stories about what it means, you know, not only to be existing kind of in this legal system, but just to kind of basically be existing as a human at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I love the fact that we get this perspective you know, right off the bat, there's there's some humor, right, with with Tyler in his case. And yet at the same time, we also see that there is kind of this this prejudice against him just because he has, you know, these 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 priors and and, and it cannot go unnoticed that he's a black man as well. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just I love the way that the story continually layers in um, so many different facets of what was going on at the time. And mm-hmm. and certainly not only with the legal system, but even having, you know, a, a queer character, you know, being one of your main characters and have this relationship between these two women there's this lovely line um between you know ben and vicky about how uh you know they have to basically hide uh who they are you know in public and 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 hide from reproachful looks i I think that that was the exact Mm -hmm. line and 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 i just you know i mean I, i love that they've created this kind of oasis for themselves in their in their apartment that they share together and now due to the leap Ben has kind of, you know, screwed with that a little bit, unfortunately. Um, and I'm just really curious about that particular aspect of the story, where that came from, um, you know, the decision to to put as much focus on the relationship, while also, of course, having it further the plot a great deal, too, due to, you know, mm-hmm. Vicky working for the district attorney. Yeah, I think that um, part of the story began with um, what would be a great, like, twist at the end of you know, or what is it? The end of act one, end of act one. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. dating the, you know, the person on the opposite side. Um, <laughs> in terms of it being like a lesbian relationship, I, uh, we, we, we weren't sure whether to go that direction at, at the uh, beginning because it's an important story. And this you often want a certain amount of time in order to be able to service that story. And we were so limited. So we Mm. were hesitant about telling that story and having those elements in it if we couldn't service it properly. Um, But in the end, it felt like we were able to get a balance. And what I love about doing that is it normalizes these relationships because they're part of the world right when they when when we're not so focused on them being like the controversial topic right you know they're just part of the world and in that and yeah. doing that you're encouraging like acceptance of that as well you know absolutely so. no i i i think that it not only does it work for the story right like we you know you have to serve the story like but it does it works as that second part as well as being to further that that acceptance which i just thought i thought it was so lovely i thought it was a really nice touch and again it really added um just another layer to the story and it engaged me as as a viewer on a different level you know because it's one thing to just have this legal drama where it's like oh my gosh is ben going to be able to you know to save the day um but now i'm getting you know, some of these really wonderful personal stories, which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. um, you know, another, another aspect of that history that gets pulled in, in, in just such a, 
I, I, a touching manner is, you know, the biker Stuart um, mm -hmm. needing his motorcycle. And, and, you know, he drops it on Ben that the reason he needs it is because his uncle has passed from AIDS and he wants mm -hmm. to attend um, this, this charity ride that begins at the first international AIDS conference, which mm -hmm. took place in Atlanta in 1985. Yeah. Um, where did that come from? Because that was beautiful. I mean, that was legitimately one of my favorite parts of the episode. I just was sort of like, I didn't, you know, I didn't see it coming, but a, clearly it's appropriate in 1985, you know, and, and, and cannot go and notice that we're in New York as well and how important it is there. So uh, yeah, where did that come from? Um, you know, I, I was, with each of the characters that were, you know, going through something illegal, you know, dilemma in the story, I wanted to uh, subvert, you know, expectations. So it's just like, you know, with Tyler and then, you know, when you introduce Rose and seeing like she's the kind of <laughs> Macbeth, eh, eh, do the bad thing, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and then again with Biker, you know, you, you're the immediacy of the stereotypes of like why a biker, you know, may need his bike back and whatever. It's like I, I just, it seems like such a non-important story but let's make it like, let's find a reason to make it important, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's just, I think so often, you know, like we all must do, we judge with first impressions. Right. And so I sure. always want to work against those and work against stereotypes and which help to, you know, ask people and encourage people to look with an open mind and see things differently from a different perspective. Absolutely. You know? so. That's very humanizing, you know, and it's, and it's lovely. I, I think that uh, that's, that's a worthy goal uh, for certain. Um, so I, I, I want to talk more too about, you know, public defenders in the legal system. And I want to get yeah. to that a little bit later before we do that, just kind of drifting away from the history aspect, you know, Jen obviously is such a delight throughout the course of the episode. Uh, and it, it's funny because I, I've said this before on the podcast that, you know, for the first few episodes, I just felt like she was so ambiguous. I didn't know much about her, you know, and, and I thought that Nanrissa was fantastic, but I just didn't know who this character was because she didn't get a lot of screen time. Mm -hmm. And then we started to get more and I was just sort of like, man, she's awesome. You know, like I, I love this character so much. And, and then, you know, the past few episodes, we've kind of drifted a little bit away because there's been other stories that we're following, which is fine. But how cool was it to bring her back and like put her like at the center and have her as this hologram? Talk a little bit about the process about shaping those scenes and having her in, in the observer role. So we, as a, as a room, we'd all like discussed, you know, changing up the, um, the, the leap um, hologram at some mm -hmm. point. Um, it wasn't quite decided when or how. Um, so when we started breaking my episode, I was like, well, it's a legal drama. That's not Caitlin's thing but it could be Jen's because we had already established <laughs> we had, you know, a complicated past. She'd spent time in prison, you know, so it's like, well, you know, maybe there's something there. Um, yeah. So, you know, I pitched it to Dean and Martin. I was like, what do you think about, you know, having Jen be the hologram this time? And, you know, we could, we, we create it as like a good reason. For, we create a good reason for it based on like her history and her criminal history. And maybe she even studied law while she was, you know, in prison or yeah. awaiting trial or something, you know? And yeah, they were, they were happy for it. And it was just, it was such a delight because I feel like it brought such an, it was a new energy to the leap. And I, yes. I think, you know, I really 
enjoyed being able to do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it certainly was, you know, and it's, and, and it's amazing because we have been talking up, you know, Caitlin, so much over the past few episodes i just feel like the character of addison has grown i feel like caitlin as an actor has just shown us stuff that you know has just been incredible but that said it was it was it was so different and it was really wonderful it opened up the show in in kind of a new way um which i know you probably can't say but uh is it possible that that we might see that again or that that maybe we'll see somebody else uh in in the imaging chamber for a while mm, anything is possible <laughs> um, that's what's good about tv <laughs> right absolutely especially with this show because literally anything is possible mm. um i i have to know where did the bunny speech come from Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, I mean, I wanted, so part of the, you know, the arc of Jen's um, uh, story in this episode is like, she's trying to be the Addison hologram and she's trying to do it the way Addison does it. And so she, right. you know, you know, and then by the end of it, she's like, she, she's just got to do it her way, you know, and she, when she starts doing it her way, like, uh, uh, suggesting they, you know, use Marty McFly's almanac in uh, yeah. bet, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, events. Um, you know, it, she starts to have more success. But that speech, it began as um, um, I can't even remember what the other parable was. There was another parable um, we were using, and um, oh, the starfish on the beach parable. Have you heard that one? I haven't, no. It's like, uh, I'm going to misrepresent the story right now, so bear with me. But (laughs) a bunch of starfish wash up on the shore and it's a girl or a boy is like throwing them back one by one. And and an old person, an old man comes up to us and says, why are you doing that? Like, it's futile because you can't ever throw them all back. And I was just like, but it's the ones you can save. Um, And that one, um, some in the room had thought they'd heard it before and heard it recently on another show. So it's like, find mm. a new parable. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I was like, um, so yeah. So then I came up with the, well, it's, um, I found the drowning babies parable, but uh, I wanted to, you know, put some hu- a humorous spin on it. Sure. Um, so, I, you know, we, they became drowning bunnies in the end. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I I mean, it's it, it's it's a standout moment for certain. And I think that it's one that people will we will certainly be talking about um, the interplay between Raymond and Nrissa in the episode. It, again, it's such a new dynamic and a new dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about like just you know when you're when you're writing for that because because at this point you know there's there's been a few episodes already like you've seen these actors mm-hmm. work you've seen that you know when you're writing for these actors um i imagine having seen their work it, they make it fairly easy in some ways but what are some of the challenges and what are you know and what are some of the things that just make you go like ooh, i really want to give this you know to to raymond or i really want to give this to you know to ernie or, or whatever the case might be um so the two that, you know, were able to shine, you know, in this episode because of the stories they were given was um, was Ray and Nanrissa. Um, yeah. And it's always, um, Ray has fantastic comedic timing. 
you know, yeah. that's, that just comes natural to him. And we see it and we know who can do it. And I was like, great, we've got him in heels. We've got him in a skirt and he's going to throw it, you know. And, and then, you know, we need to find the balance because, you know, there is a dramatic story being told. But then also it's just like, I wanted to get that moment where it's just like, I really want to see the depth, you know, I want it as well. Yeah. And I, we do, but I want to like in, in the, in the moment where he gets to be in the courtroom and he gets to tell a, a like a heartful story and he gets to yeah. pull these people in. And that's what I was like excited to do. Cause I hadn't, you know, he hadn't had an opportunity to do it in that way before. So that was really yeah. good. Um, and then Nan Rissa, it's just giving her a huge arc where, and, and she's just, you know, I think out of all the characters, my humor is probably the most like Nan Rissa's. Like I'm very dry <laughs> and can be very sarcastic. Yeah. Um, so it was just so much fun for me to be able to, you know, write that, that kind of dialogue for her, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And she Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things too that I love, and, and and it happens so perfectly in the the bunny speech scene, is the way that they are able to play off of one another, you know, and just mm -hmm. seeing like seeing Ray's reactions to this this speech, <laughs> you, you know, and seeing the way that that Ned Rissa is like, you know, trying to get this out because it, you know her heart is absolutely always in the right place, and we see that. But man, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just hard for her to really act on that. Yeah. But speaking of her heart being in the right place, the episode ends in a really moving way, especially for the character of Jen. You know, we see her come back and they're all standing around. They want to know what happened, you know, mm -hmm. after the case is wrapped up. And um, I'm so sorry, I'm blanking now on the on the name of the brothers, the names of the brothers. Camilo, um, and, yeah, Camilo and Leo. Yeah, Camilo and Leo. Thank you, Th Leo. Uh, thank you. Um, so uh, when, you know, when when she looks up and she sees what's happened with the family, um, she's incredibly moved by this. And I'm, you know, I, I look forward to being able to ask Nanrissa this as well. How much of that is on the page and how much of that was just her, you know, being in the moment and, and reacting to kind of what was, you know, what she was given. It, it was, uh, it was on the page. Like it was built to be an emotional moment. And Nan Risser yeah. um, and I chatted about specifically about that moment before it was shot yeah. because we wanted to um, do it the right way. And um, we, you know, and, and the way I uh, described it, you know, when we were talking about it is that this is a moment of catharsis for her, like of all the, the, the time she spent in the legal system going through this and fighting for her own freedom, um, being back in the legal system and seeing the injustices of it, but winning out and being able to help others win out in that system was just really cathartic for her, you know? And at the yeah. beginning of the episode, she doesn't want to go in the chamber. And she says it's because she's not good at being the hologram and all that, you know, emotional support stuff, which is just a front for, I really don't think I'm ready to face that time in my life. I'm, inter I'm not interested in facing that time in my life, which yeah. you, you don't know there, but by the end in retrospect, it's like, Oh, okay. This was, this was, uh, an experience that allowed her to move on from the, that negative, you know, part of her life and the terrifying yeah. part, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I One of the things, too, that's kind of striking about the way that Jen kind of moves throughout this episode is that we've gotten moments before in, in prior episodes where she's really connected with Addison or she's really connected with Ian or obviously magic. I think that the interplay that she's had with magic mm-hmm. in particular has been, you know, it's just been something that it, it kind of is easy to revolve the story or certain beats of the story around their relationship, which is great. To see her with Ben... And then to also see, you know, the other characters almost kind of revolving around her a bit was really lovely. It doesn't, you know, it, it's easy to notice that in that emotional moment, the person that's there for her is is Ian. Mm-hmm. And that that they are, you know, that they're the they're the one that that gives her the embrace. Um talk a little bit about why Ian. I mean, again, I think it was perfect. It's so it might seem like a silly question, but why Ian as as kind of that emotional support in that moment? Um you know what? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I, I it just felt right in the moment, I think. Um yeah. And I think cuz we also wanted to you know, Addison has a very close relationship with magic as well and yeah. is always, um, you know, like, like all of them relying on magic for advice. And I think Addison would have sidebarred. And as we learn, they clearly did sidebar because they bet that this would be a good, <laughs> you know, a good thing for Jen to do and it would be good for her. And uh, I was just like, but you think she'll get to crying? And so, you know, it was like playing the comedy of it. So allowing Ian to be the emotional support al- allowed to tell that part of the story, you know, yeah, and close yeah. it off that way. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that, that that makes total sense. And again, I mean, it, it, it felt like a silly question in some ways because it does make so much perfect sense that it's that it's Ian. Um, the bets, because that's something else. We get multiple <laughs> bets throughout the course of the episode. You know, Jen obviously encouraging Ben to to make the bet for uh, uh, Tyler mm-hmm. so that Tyler doesn't go to Rikers and get, you know, paralyzed. And uh, then, of course, the bet over whether or not uh, um, Jen could do this. And then the bet whether or not magic is the one that Ben remembers mm-hmm. first um where 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 did those moments because they're so playful so wonderful where where did those come from so you know it was just a little bit of an extra through line in Jen's background you know as like her father was a gambler (laughs) and she's always you know that's part of her history and then one of her go-to like solutions is yeah let's bet on the future because we know the answer and let's help these people you know so I, I just wanted to bring that like that kind of theme and the playfulness of like okay is this going to happen or is this going to happen you know throughout the show and into HQ which um, you know I wanted to again because the it's such a heavy themed episode I wanted to find those moments of levity throughout. Yeah. you know, and even the HQ. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the humor throughout the episode works so well and I love the, the frequency with which it occurs, you know, it never overstays its welcome. Um, I, I, I think that in some ways the episode almost ends up becoming the funniest episode without that detracting from the fact that we've got some incredibly heavy, you know, and, and, and touching moments in, in the episode as well. Um, Speaking of, of course, you know, the relationship between Camilo and, and, and Leo mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, Camilo's on trial for his life. And now, you know, Ben has stepped in. 
One of my favorite moments of the episode is that by the time they kind of get things wrapped up so that Camillo's going to have four years in prison if he takes this deal. And Jen is like, you're done. You can leave. Just take the deal and it's over. Mm-hmm. It is it, without a doubt, I think, one of the most exemplary moments of what Quantum Leap is, of what like our hero is, what our leaper is, in this case, Ben. But it's the same thing I think that Sam would have done to say no. Mm-hmm. Um Talk a little bit about that turn and in particular the moment to have Ben, you know, give one of his speeches without it feeling like he's giving one of his speeches, which I thought was lovely. <laughs> which one? <laughs> which speech was that? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> when he when he talks specifically to Camillo after uh after Jen, I believe, tells, you know, yes. tells him that, hey, just take the deal and you're out of here. Um it's the, the reason why I wanted to do that um, is because that is how the system in New York works, right? And, and I, I don't know about currently, but definitely back then it was like, you know, this, this system that is so overloaded with cases and the public defenders can't keep up with their cases and, you know, and the district attorney is struggling to keep up with their cases. And so they make these deals to push things forward. And unfortunately, sometimes that means innocent people, you know, plead guilty because they don't have the support in order to have a fair case and a fair trial. They don't have the resources. Um, And so they're kind of, again, with like the river analogy of the baby, it's just like they, they're just washed down there, you know, they're caught up in this system that's like a river just rushing them down. And I, I, I wanted, I really wanted to have that moment because that is, that feels like, you know, such an honest moment of like so many people and that, you know, end up pleading guilty because they don't, see any other way out um and it happens you know and um i i really wanted to tell that and then you know it was hard it was hard because you you want to have the positive and you want to say fight (laughs) but again it's like just like ada barnes says like he'll take the deal they always do and, right. and that is the actual reality is this like, yeah. you know, nine, it's like some ridiculous number, like 98% of cases in New York are like plea deals. Yeah. And it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's just, I know. So no, nobody's being given a fair trial, you know, people right. are just taking what they can get. Um, so it was important for me to have that moment when telling a story yeah. about a public defender, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one of the things too, and visually it worked so it's so well. Uh, and so I don't know if this was something that was written in, I can imagine that, it, that it was based off of, you know, everything else, but like having Ben have to cart around this huge case <laughs> with, you know, with him wherever he's going, uh, which yeah. again provided moments of humor and levity, but also it was a literal manifestation of the weight that mm-hmm. you know that she that that you know who he's lifted to that she has to carry around everywhere yeah. she goes mm-hmm. um you know the 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 
the look on Addison's face when she realizes that there's like 138 or 180 cases in there, you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's staggering. And, um, my, my, my partner's uncle, like he, uh, you know, he was a public defender for a while and he told me point blank. He was like, he's like, no, I mean, most of these cases never even went to trial. You know, you just, you, you just have to plea everything out. And he, and he got out of it for that very reason. Cause he didn't, you know, he, that wasn't something that he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and that's in Chicago, you know, which is obviously mm-hmm. it was, you know, very similar circumstances to, to New York um, mm-hmm. and would have been probably around the same era as when the episode is set. But anyway, um, the idea of hope, um, you know, obviously that being one of the four H's, but uh, specifically to this episode and specifically to that to that monologue that Ben has, mm-hmm. um, there was something about the way it felt like it connected not only to the story but to the fabric of the show itself um, that I thought worked so well. And, and, and you know, and obviously part of that is is I think Raymond just like nails it. Obviously, it's it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of going off of what you were just saying about the realities of the legal system, mm. having this character be an advocate in this specific case, but also just in general, um, this is kind of a nuts and bolts question, but when you're, when you're writing something like that, mm. what's important to say, but maybe even further than that, what's important not to say? When I'm writing that 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 that, perspective the public it's important not to be dogmatic (laughs) because when you are people stop listening um and again another reason for the humor throughout you know um and it's also important to talk from personal perspective um, because when you're talking from, and for example, the, the last speech in, in court that Ben gives, I went through yeah. several iterations of it. I just couldn't quite figure out how to get it right. And, um, you know, it ended up being a speech about one brother's love and the things he does for his younger brother in order to provide a future for him. Um, and that was just like, when I landed on that, I was like, that feels right. Because it's when people talk about the most personal parts of themselves that others will more likely listen, as opposed to when you're telling others the way things should go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I really wanted to make it as personal as, pro- you know, as possible. Um, and then also, you know, for Ben. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It felt, it it really felt twofold, you know, because it's very personalized as, 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 you know, with the brothers, um, you know, and in particular the effect that Camillo being gone is going to have on Leo, you know, and on Abuela. Mm -hmm. And now the, the opportunity for, uh, Ben to also use his circumstances with Addison, you know, I mean, he literally says, I, I'd go to the end of time for, for, you Mm -hmm. know, for the one I love. And so, I, I think that um, it was also really a fantastic moment to have Addison in the courtroom during that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they kind of, that, that Jen had already sort of handed off the reins of the, of the leap to Addison and, and have her present for that. Um, one of the things that we've started to notice, and it might not be anything at all, 
But it seems to be that for the past couple of episodes, there have been some moments between Ben and Addison that are starting to feel just a little maybe uncomfortable, a little awkward. Like there's a little bit of tension running underneath with the way that you know they're they're playing some of the the i love yous or they're playing some of the you know i i I can't wait to be home to you you know that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. now obviously like when you're writing that you're writing i love you and you're writing you know i love you too um but as far as that subtext goes you know how much of a factor is ben being gone as long the circumstances of him leaping out like how much of that is starting to wear on addison specifically at this point if you can answer that question (laughs) I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily read it that way. And it's interesting mm. you talk about the subtext of the I love yous because I don't think they've actually said I love you since episode three or four. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. It's, you know, it's the first time it's happened in a while. And we actually yeah. talked about that moment, you know, and I think we we earned it because this is the first time that she's stepping aside and saying like, I'm not going to be here by your side. It's not yeah. the first time she wasn't in the chamber, obviously, because you know, she's been kicked out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Janice. Um, but it's the first time that she's consciously making a conscious decision of I'm not going to be here while you are trying to survive. <laughs> sure. And um right and i think you know ben definitely felt that in the moment um but as to to whether there's a strain um i don't don't know i I mean i would uh, you know i think they're playing the normal you know weight of okay we're now 15 leaps in and we're not sure of when this is going to end right you know Um, well you know Go ahead, go ahead. I was just, I, I was, I, I feel like, you know, in some ways I'm under the influence here because my co-host Dennis, it's something that, that he feels pretty strongly about. I feel less strongly about. I think that one of the things is I do think that there's definitely some weighted exchanges that have occurred between the two of them recently. Um, and it just seems like, and you know, and, and magic has a line in this episode that really, I think shines a light on the fact that like, she's been doing this practically 24 seven, you know, for weeks mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she's tired. She wants him to come home. You know, there's so much uh, at play here and going on. Um, So I was just kind of curious, yeah, from a writer's perspective, like you said, being 15 leaps in and writing these characters um, and, and, and especially because, as you said, you're writing their relationship in a way that we haven't necessarily seen, you know, for, for a while now Um, Mm -hmm. there, obviously there's been flashes of it. Of course, there's been some, some really lovely moments where they try to hold hands or whatever, but but specifically having these exchanges, I, I'm just kind of curious about what goes into writing this relationship. And I suppose if there are like within the writer's room, if there's sort of any do's or don'ts for, you know, writing these two characters together. For writing them together. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, there's nothing that comes to mind specifically, you know, yeah. I, I think there are occasions where it's just like, Oh, well, I mean, in this episode was an example, like we had to have the conversation, would they say, I love you? You know, because they yeah. haven't oh, okay. done that. Ooh. Well, it means yeah. so much. So um, I was just like, well, I f- and, and, you know, we decided that in this case, we think it would happen because this is the first time, as I said, that Addison's going to consciously step aside. And Ben is also feeling that, you know? Yeah. Um, so mm. we felt like we earned it at that time. 
Yeah. No, I, 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 that, that, that really does add a new perspective on the moment for me, because now I look at it not so much as there's any hesitation on Addison's part, so much as there is, I haven't heard that in so long, you know, as it just kind of like it washes over her. Like it really does, it really does kind of, it really does add a little extra perspective to it. Um, because there's something lovely about sometimes there are there, there's some there's some ambiguity to some of the moments that I think occur throughout the season, you know, and I love that because it, 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 it for me as a viewer, like it engages me in a way where I, I start thinking about things a little bit more than if it was all just spelled out for me. Um, mm -hmm. And just with the nature of their relationship, I think that there are some questions that are certainly beginning to develop kind of among the fandom about, you know, how long can this go on? You know, we, mm -hmm. we know we're getting a second season. Right. And 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 I am I am of the mind that, uh, you know, all bets are off. You never know what's going to happen. For all we know, Ben might not even be the one leaping. Who knows? But that said, if he is, like, that's going to create further strain and, and, and you know, what, what's going to happen, um, especially as we are, at this point, really just careening towards that finale. You know, we've got three more episodes. So um, it's really interesting to hear about the way that their relationship is treated by, you know, by the writers, by the actors, um, mm -hmm. because you know, we, we had the fortune of talking with Caitlin last week. And that's something, unfortunately, just due to the nature of SOS, we didn't get a chance to talk a ton about. We talked about it a little bit, but not, not a lot. Um, so all, all that's just a way to say that I, I really do uh, love having that added perspective. And I also love the way that, that the relationship was written because much like OE of Little Faith, they're apart for most of the episode. Whereas mm -hmm. normally, you know, she's, she's with him, you know, almost the entire leap, which is something else that I really, really enjoy because in the original series, there would often be stretches of those episodes where Al would not be around at all you know like he would maybe mm -hmm. be in like three scenes sometimes whereas in 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 this iteration we it feels like addison is present a lot more which i which i enjoy yeah. Yeah. um when it comes to uh the legal system you know when we were talking earlier one of the you know kind of like just final touches that i think it made me emotional and i think it it moved you know the character of jen obviously is the fact that both of these lawyers go on to be a part of the innocence project. Mm -hmm. um, you know, talk a little bit about the idea of the effect that Ben's leaps have that go beyond the mission sometimes. And in this particular case, I think certainly puts these women exactly where they should be as opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, where they would have ended up otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, as human beings, when we get set on a path, we quite often ride out that path um, without stepping outside of it and think and re re recalibrating and, you know, confirming that we are on the right path, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that human beings sometimes find themselves so far down a particular path and you know, and then it's just like, what am I doing here? And I think what Ben is able to do for both of them in this episode is catch them at a moment in their lives where they're not 20 years into this career of theirs. They're still at the beginning and they're at a time where they can go, well, this doesn't, isn't quite what I expected it to be. And so they're both able to shift their perspective and go, what do I want it to be? And how do I want to contribute? You know, and I think 
it, it's that because I, if Ben wasn't there, Vicky would have taken out the page and, you know, listened to her boss and not thought about it, you know, cause she's focused on, I'm going to be second chair in a couple of years because I'm yeah. helping people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job for the justice system, but all those little nuances along the way, those small choices that kind of inform your morality sometimes get pushed aside when you're so focused on that goal ahead. And what Ben is able to do for them is to remind them of like, let's look at the reason why you want to do the job that you do and your purpose in it and allows them to kind of shift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one of the things too, that's really lovely is the belief that they clearly have in one another. You know, we mm -hmm. see it mostly from Vicky's perspective, but here's something that I absolutely love about, you know, this quantum leap uh, is that there are times in the original series, which of course, you know, I adore and Scott Bakula is incredible. And the character of Sam is like, you know, helped define my moral compass, no joke, you know, but that said, there are times when I think that he has difficulty connecting with the people that he is involved with on these leaps. Sometimes not. Sometimes he becomes very invested. I think time after time we see Ben become very invested in the people that are around mm -hmm. him. Um, you know, I, I go back all the way back to somebody up there likes Ben and the relationship with the brother like that to me, like he's willing to lay down on the train tracks for him. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. that. And I think we see that again with, with Vicky and it's like, he allows himself, it's almost, almost like an actor, you know, he allows himself to just behave as truthfully in that moment as possible, as opposed mm -hmm. to, well, I'm not really this person, this could be awkward, this is, and he really has that moment with Vicky, you know, when they, when they reconcile and when Vicky gives him the, the pin. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, Raymond is an incredibly warm, you know, giving individual, we see that mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. That said, when when writing the character of Ben and creating these moments, um, how conscious of an effort is that to to have him really live those moments with those characters as opposed to having a little bit of distance because he's not really the person that they're talking to? He's we always write him as completely investing in those characters uh, because that is the person he like that is the character, you know. It's yeah. like from the get-go, he's always thrown himself in, you know, uh, willing to sacrifice himself. I mean, that's why he leaped, right? right. Um, so, um, but speaking to what you said is like, yeah, it's hard to be th that connected emotionally you know, on each leap, leap after leap. And that's kind of what I was trying to get to in that, bunnies in the river speech you know it's kind of that's his, that's his leap fatigue you know yeah. it's just like he is trying so hard to do the right thing over and over and over you know and it is exhausting you know and yeah. so i think i tried to address that for him um in that scene you know and and ultimately you just got to trust you know that you're on that you're doing the right thing. And I think, you know, that's what Jen ends up reminding him of once she stumbles yeah. her way through that speech. <laughs> well, you speaking of perfect. Cause I wanted to ask you about this, you know, she literally calls him a hero. And, and I mm -hmm. think that that it, it, it's funny because 
to be completely frank, I feel like that is something that could be a little ham-fisted, right? You know, it's like you're calling your hero a hero. You're literally like labeling them. But it, it it's so perfect. You know, it, it plays so well. And it really is just this encouraging, wonderful moment. Talk about the decision to literally write that line to say that like, you're a hero, you know, that's what makes you a hero. Because I, again, I loved it. And I feel like it's one of those things that could kind of almost be cringy, but it's not at all. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it, it happened at a time where he needed to hear it the most, you know, where he didn't believe it. Yeah, He didn't see it. And so, it, it, you know, that's where it's not, you know, it's just like he, yeah. he needed that. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I, I think there's something too about having Jen be the one that says it to him as well. That's like, there's something really, really cool about that. You know, I, I can't put my finger on. Well, it's um, she's so sarcastic and so like off the cuff. So when she actually says something like heartfelt, you know, she really means it. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that, and again, I think that that makes that moment where she is overcome with emotion at helping to set things right, just so mm-hmm. genuine, so honest and so earned because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not something we've seen from her before. And by helping Elena and Vicky and by helping, you know, Camilla and Leo and, and see like Leo becomes a lawyer, you know, um, mm-hmm. what, what goes here? Oddly enough, this is, I don't think this is a question that we've ever asked on the show before. Uh, but when you're, when you're crafting like the future histories of the people that Ben saves mm-hmm. on the leap. Um, like what goes into that? What, what, what prompts you to say, like, Leo became a lawyer, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it was basically reinforcing the theme of a period of time in your life. And we all have them that changes us that it is so it is so traumatic or is it so brilliant? It's so, you know, it's just like he, Leo got his brother back, you know, when he thought he was going to lose his brother in, in this time. And it is those times in our life that change us and influence the kind of person we want to be. And so I just wanted to tell that in, okay, he decided to become a lawyer and, you know, and magic's line to Jen when he says, I'm guessing spending time in that courtroom had an effect on him is kind of, you know, the double meaning of it is, yeah, because it had an effect on Jen. And now she is coming fully out the other side of, you know, that experience of hers. So it's kind of, you know, it was just carrying on that theme a little. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful. We've seen some incredible moments of growth for all of, of our characters back at the project. I feel like, um, you know, especially with, with Jen and Ian and Addison, most recently with SOS. Um, the project and the way that it's been featured, um, it does not go unnoticed in SOS and now in Ben Song for the Defense. It, it seems like much more aligned with what's happening in The Leap. They're not necessarily mm-hmm. trying to solve a mystery on their own. You know, they're, they're, they've got things going on, of course. Like, there's still talk about Leaper X. I owe you a dollar. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's also, there's also you know, this, this drive to, like, uncover the missing page, to, you know, to help in any way they can, to have Ziggy read all the files. Um, talk a little bit more about the decision to, to align those goals more and have what's happening at the project reflect what's happening on the Leap and, and really integrate those missions because it is different a lot different from what we saw, especially from the first like five or six episodes. Yeah, it's it's always tough to find the right balance. Um, 
you know, because you don't want a, a, the, because the to- stories are completely split, you know, they happen, they literally happen in different times. Um, and because you have them bifurcated like that, you need, you want to tie them together somehow, you know, and it's, um, you know, we sometimes do it with themes and we sometimes do it directly with, you know, procedural beats. It's it's an ongoing discussion and discovery on, like, how best to do it because um, mm. it's tough to always find the right um, pace and energy. But, you know, and so it's very – and it – it makes it very easy when you're doing procedural stuff and they're helping directly with the case and it's a direct connection, but you don't want it just to be shoe leather. You know, you, you want sure. to have emotional stories back at HQ as well. So it's, it's like, and it, and I think it ebbs and flows. And I think that is good in a way because we're not always going to be, Oh, they're just going to research and Ziggy's going to tell us an answer, you know, right. or it's not, always oh well this is going to be an emotional story that's secondary to what we really care about in the episode you know and it's just like because we do shift between the two I think that kind of helps us you know because it makes it a little more unexpected and we get to play a little more and then we get to also use the HQ as we really need them you know sometimes we need magic you know helping somebody on an emotional level back at HQ and sometimes we just need like help with the case. So it's like, it, sure. I, I like that we can, we can play and we can change with, change it around, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's fascinating because I think that one of the things that having the the project, you know, be a, a focal point at times is that we, we get, you know, these wonderful character beats for, uh, you know, everyone back at the project. And, and that's something that, you know, obviously we, we never really got with the original series and mm-hmm. getting the opportunity to, you know, learn about these characters has been some, some of my favorite stuff, honestly. And uh, I, I think that it's, it's almost, we, we've, we've gotten to a point in the series where it's so hard to like have a favorite, you know, like early on, it was easy to be like, Oh, Ian's my favorite, like, obviously, you know, and then it was like, well, maybe Jen's my favorite. Oh man, Addison is just like killing me this week. And it's like, God, magic is so perfect. And it's, and, and so I think that like mission accomplished, you, you know, for the show, for the writers, for the mm-hmm. actors is that I'm so invested in all of them now. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's just an opportunity that, you know, we never got, I think as fans of the original show. So it's really, really mm-hmm. nice to have that. Um, there are of course a few characters that we haven't necessarily seen a lot of. We, we heard a lot of one of them last week and saw a little bit of them. Uh, but we, we haven't seen Janice and, and we haven't really seen a lot from Martinez. Um, mm-hmm. did you want to include them in the story? Was there ever an opportunity to include them or was it kind of hands off because they're, they're coming later? Um, it was. It, it was already set, like when when we would use them. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? And, um, you know, it was so much in my story already. It was, you know, sure. You know, I had another couple of cases in there, <laughs> like right. <runners, laughs> you know, we just need to cut this back, but like a third. 
Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because when I first uh, uh, like I, I I have to admit most most of our listeners know this, but I, I kind of I'm I'm kind of playing a little bit of a stack deck because I've read like some audition sides here and there, and you know we've we've had some some people tell us information at certain points. But I feel like at one point one of the things that I had heard is that there were like multiple cases, almost like with paging Doctor Song, like he had multiple mm-hmm. patients that he had to save or whatever. And so there was this initially I was just sort of like, oh man, you know, is, is Ben gonna have like multiple cases? Any any did but really we only focus you know mostly on the one obviously tyler's case gets a little bit of focus as well um and i and i, I want to wrap up soon uh because i i want to be respectful of your time uh but that said uh this is the second time marty mcfly has been name checked at his many weeks <laughs> which is lovely uh but in this particular instance and I love the reaction that Ben has to Jen. It's used for something that might be considered slightly unethical. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? To dig even a little bit deeper, like the ramifications of it on the time stream or whatever of, of, of doing, you know, having this, this action take place. Uh, and uh, it's so Jen. I mean, I, I, it works perfectly. Um, was there ever any hesitation on your part to include that? So it's kind of like three questions in one about that, you know, never any hesitation on my part, but to, um, to, you know, give you a bit more perspective, uh, you know, quite often because of time restraints, uh, we end, you know, the scenes that end up getting cut first are the HQ ones, because they're the ones that often, you know, especially like the tops and tails of the, those HQ scenes. So what I believe didn't make the cut is a moment where, you know, Jen is, uh, sorry, Addison is there with Ian and Magic and they're talking about the leap and Magic asks how Jen is doing. And she's like, you know, Jen's doing great. They're in court right now. And then she turns to Magic and says, so how do you feel about placing bets in the past? (laughs) It's like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Yeah, you know, and you know, and so it's you know, and and that's basically it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, we're we're not going to come. Right, right. No, it was great. I think that again, it it was so illustrative of of not only the interplay that that Ben and Jen got to have, but also, of course, the sense of humor that the episode had. Um, you, you know, the the if. I had not been made aware ahead of time that this was your first episode of television. <laughs> I never would have believed it, quite frankly, uh, because it is so successful on so many levels. And I think it's going yeah. to be a, a, a favorite of, of a lot of people. So, you know, congratulations on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for, for, for joining us. Um, but before I let you go, um, what's what's next are we are we gonna are we gonna see more more episodes from you next season oh yeah i start shooting my next episode next week nice that's awesome will, will that be will that be episode four of season three. two three okay okay all right i wasn't quite sure where where you, where you all were that's mm-hmm. awesome um well good excellent I, I i look forward to that one um and i cannot wait and- to see what the reaction is yeah, well, and in true Quantum Leap style, it couldn't be more different from this one. So, and and that's, that is what is the, the biggest delight for me about writing on this show, is that yeah. every episode you do is just so vastly different. It just makes it so much fun, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's made it a heck of a lot of fun, obviously, as a viewer, um, you know, to see this. And I, I love um, the fact that even though we're touching on so many of these genres, 
one of the things that often happened with the original series, and it's just the way that the original series operated, is you often felt like you were getting a pastiche of whatever was popular at the time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like, what's 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 the movie that everybody loves right now? What's you know what what's even the play that is popular on Broadway or whatever? And and it would just kind of transpose that and put it in Quantum Leap. I feel like even though we get to genre hop, I never feel like I'm just sitting there watching like this, you know, sort of this pastiche with a little bit of a quantum leap spin. The stories always feel very much, they they feel told in, in a manner that has a lot of weight, you know, a lot of gravity for these characters for this purpose. And, and, and I really love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so about Dean, no, um, <laughs> thank you so much, Romy. It's been a pleasure. Congratulations again. I uh, look forward to yeah. getting the chance to talk to you again in the future. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Nenrissa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so very much for being here. We're really looking forward to, to chatting, uh, not only about, Ben song for the defense, but also just the the show in general and and getting to know uh, a little bit about you. Um, The first question that I've been kind of asking people that are working on the show uh, is what was your exposure level to Quantum Leap before the show came along, before the, the sequel show came along? Yeah, I, I, I had seen the show. I mean, I used to uh, watch it with my dad um, from time to time when I was younger. So I rem- I remembered the old show. I remembered Sam and Al and that dynamic. I remembered Al Cigar. <laughs> I remembered, like, uh, <laughs> you know, some of the, what is it, the way, like, the, the, the doorway lights up when he, like, shows up. I, I remember that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's weird what you remember, like, you know, when you're a kid and the things that, like, leave an impression on you. But, uh, but yeah, no, I had watched it. I had watched it some um, uh, when I was when I was young with my dad. So when I got the audition, it was kind of like, oh, okay, okay. They're rebooting this and, and just being really curious about it. <laughs> yeah. What were your initial impressions when you did get the audition of, uh, you know, reading for Jen and, and, you know, did you immediately sort of say like, yeah, that's, that's for me, um, you know, or, or, or was there, you know, was there enough of the character there for you to kind of feel that way? Cause I, I think my impression early on is that there wasn't a whole lot of Jen there. And when we finally did start to get more, it was just sort of like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember reading the breakdown for the character. So, um, so usually you get, when you get an audition and I, I know you guys know, mm. this, but when you get an audition, uh, you get uh, the sides, the scenes that they want you to record and, uh, or read it for. And then also you get what they call a breakdown of the character. And sometimes that includes, um, a, a really quick breakdown of the show. So the breakdown of the character, I just remember it said, I think Jen twenties, uh, head of security. She's, um, a hacker for the team and is uh, quirky yet formidable. And I've, I, I just remember thinking hmm. like, cause when I hear the word quirky, I just always sort of immediately think sort of like nerdy and wide eyed, I guess. And maybe that's just me <laughs> not being like super creative, you know, but just sort of the, 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 um, archetype of the general archetype of something like that to me just feeling a little bit maybe a little bit more naive or something like that and 
and uh, and I read the, sure. the, the sides and thought, yeah, I can see like that maybe that that's kind of what they're looking for and playing around with it um, a little bit, um, you know, with some ideas in that direction. But I really just kind of realized like that's that's not really my forte. <laughs> like I think, um, <laughs> right? Like my vibe is not. I mean, yeah, I can be a little wide-eyed or whatever, but my my I'm kind of just a little just not that those aren't the descriptors I would necessarily like quirky at least like uh start with when I if I were describing myself um at least the way that I thought about it so I just kind of thought um um and as you have to do I think a lot of times um when you are auditioning um you make a choice whether you want to lean towards what you think they're looking for and try to you know sort of fit that mold or if you if, it, if, if what you don't naturally bring to the table, um, if that, if what you naturally bring to the table doesn't quite match that, then you can also make a choice to sort of just lean towards and show them what that character would look like through your lens, through somebody like you and what you do have to bring to the table. So, um, so I went for the, the latter just cause I felt like, yeah, you know, I could kind of like, uh, do a little bit of a kind of like a wide-eyed in all kind of thing and 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 I don't even know that that's what they were looking for but but I just thought next sure. to somebody who that's their zero you know there's so many amazing actors out there if somebody naturally brings that kind of feeling to the table like I got no chance you know and so I kind of just um <laughs> it, you know in a way that made sense for yeah. me that felt grounded for me you know my initial actually um my initial audition i was actually i wore like a a full-on like a G- adidas tracksuit i put my hair in a ponytail not a lot of make a couple chance i was drinking a beer i was kind of sitting back like this and just kind of like i yeah i don't know whatever i don't know what you want <laughs> you know a little bit <laughs> so, no you know i thought well it just depends but yeah, yeah. yeah. so i'm i'm curious i i, I, I love that I'm curious. So you had the unique opportunity, like you shot the pilot, you got picked up, but then you had to shoot the pilot again. And like from from what we were able to see, like from the pilot script, it was like you basically got to shoot the same scenes over again for for the new pilot. They were just kind of restructured in a way. So was there anything that you learned about your character in that in that shooting in the few weeks? Like, oh, like I I tried this this last time. I'm going to try this this next time. Um, Not a ton for me because in the in the first pilot um mm-hmm. my involvement was pretty limited i think i had like two scenes maybe that i was a part of and and one very okay. little had changed in mm-hmm. that actual dialogue i think they maybe just changed the location of it um um and then the other one mm-hmm. i think that scene got completely restructured um so and i had uh, I didn't have a, a ton of involvement in that scene. So in the original pilot, it was, you know, I auditioned for, with what they call uh, dummy size. There's signs that aren't included um, in the pilot. Mm. But, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you have less involvement initially, right? Um, uh, if you're not like Ray mm-hmm. or uh, Caitlin's character or something, right? They're going to have, they're probably going to pull, unless it's like for secrecy or whatever. But for somebody like my character, um, sure. where there wasn't a whole lot for Jen in that first pilot, um, I, they went ahead and gave me uh, dummy sides too, just to show a little more uh, of, of who you are in that character. So, um, so I had a pretty strong point of view about that. 
Um, and then there were just a little bit more opportunity to kind of show that in the repilot. Uh, I, mm. my character, there was actually a lot more representation in, in the repilot, just in terms of like screen time sure. and just and just sort of being there. But I think, you know, whenever you're, when unless you're maybe working a limited series where you get the whole arc of like the character kind of all in one go, like you, you you never really know. There's like kind of only so much you can control, and I think that's sure. that's why we work on a professional level is because it's collaborative and you learn to be sort of pliable within that. So um, I think it did make some discoveries. There were, um, there were a couple scenes to where I think, um, I think there was one that didn't actually end up in the repilot, but we shot it. It was in the, Mm -hmm. it was in the script um, that, that sort of enlightened me a little bit more about um, um, specific things with Jen you know, how she might try to mm. make somebody feel better or, you know, uh, where, where she is mm. in her point of view in terms of like, uh, processing the importance of her experience with somebody, something versus somebody else's, you know, it was a scene with, with Addison, um, between Jen and Addison and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that, and that sort of, um, though it didn't end up in the final cut, it, it did help me sort of, um, find some rhythm in her humor. And, um, and Mm -hmm. also just, uh, give me a little bit more point of view about her relationship with Addison and, um, and, uh, past experiences with Ben and being on the team and stuff. So, I mean, that part was fun. Awesome. So this is something that Sam and I have speculated a lot about, especially when we talked about the first aired episode and I wouldn't have asked this question earlier, but like you're already filming season two right now. So I feel like this is a more comfortable question to ask. Can you speak to a little bit like, was it scary on the set and among the cast? Like you shoot the pilot, you get picked up. Awesome. And then NBC comes back and says they want a new first episode. Like what, what were the conversations among the cast? Like what was the the attitude? Yeah, I, I think like it's not, um, it feels like a pretty uncommon experience. I had never been a part of anything like that before. Um, um, this was my first series. So also like maybe that did happen and I just mm-hmm. don't, you know, I'm like kind of a new lot, so, mm. so, uh, so maybe, but, but I think, um, as we, as the, as the season goes on and, and we feel strongly with our characters and you develop your, your working relationships with each other, but also with, you know, the showrunners and with writers and stuff, I think you can, you can have these conversations about uh, your opinions and, and your character's involvement in the show. But in the beginning, I think like, honestly, like a lot of that stuff, I think part of my impression is like part of what makes um, a showrunner do a good job, at least with, with their um, interaction with their cast is it feels like, you know, they're kind of like the parents, like they shield you from any kind of, any of the bad stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and make you feel good and confident mm-hmm. so that you can go out and do the good stuff. So while, yeah, there was definitely a bit of uh, chatter amongst the cast. I mean, I think it was, you know, a, nobody really had an answer to anything because it was NBC was waiting to see like, you know, how much they liked the the new pilot and, and not waiting, but it was, it was based on their opinion and, mm. and, um, 
Sure. I don't have a personal relationship with the, the executives at NBC, but but we were <laughs> shielded, you know, from any kind of, um, uh, from most of the, un- if there was any unpleasantness, you know, by the, the people who were running the show. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a little bit of uh, awesome. um, kind of moving around in the beginning. Um, um, so that felt that was an adjustment i think um um you know the original showrunners um stepped down and then martin came in and he was already a part of the a part of the show but um but right and so um that was like you know a little a little bit of an adjustment but i think again at the beginning when there are so many when everybody's just trying to find a rhythm and trying to work things out you just um I think luckily we were just so busy. We just didn't have a lot of time to like <laughs> about stuff. Cause we were like making a TV show, you know, mm. and, um, and, right. and you know, <laughs> say, like, there's so many different versions, right? There's like the, ver- there's what gets written is one thing. And then it's like what gets shot. And that, this is maybe a little bit more for movies, but then what gets edited, you know, those things can all drastically change mm. in between each step. And so you really don't know until yeah. you see the edited version anyway. So. Sure. Right. It's, it's fascinating to me because I think that one of the things that we've kind of learned because, you know, working in theater and, and doing like a couple of like low budget films here, or there, or whatever is completely different from working like, you know, on, on a major motion picture or working, you know, on a television series for a network. And some of the stuff that we've learned about that production, it's the, it fascinates me is the fact that in television, especially with a network show like this, and you're on such a limited schedule that sometimes the choices that an editor might have are vastly limited compared to the choices that an editor like on a film might have, you, you know, where they might have so many different takes of something where, you know, whereas here it's like they've, they've got fewer takes to work with, which is, which is always interesting to me considering how well the show I feel like is edited and, and paced and that, you know, the quality of the performances um, is, is pretty incredible. Um, I don't have a question there. It's just, just something that I've kind of like observed and sort of picked up on. Um, yeah, at what I point mean, do you think uh, you, you're, Sorry. Yeah, sorry. please, please. That was a bit of a laugh. Sorry. No, go ahead. Very old. And I think like anytime I try to do something <laughs> like this, I, apologies in advance. I think I get a little bit, I have a little bit of a lag from you guys, but um, I was just going to jump onto that and say, no worries. That like, um, and, and to sort of further, you know, the, 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 the further difference between network TV and uh, a film, let's say, right. Is that like, uh, a film it's just sort of encapsulated there's it's it's one thing that there's one director there's or unless they're directing mm. something you know and usually the director is the one that has like the full vision right tv it's more it's the showrunner and has you know is sort of guiding the ship and we'll have different directors each episode so it's more once that gets established right that that the directors or if you have a new writer or something is sort of tasked with keeping the continuity of the show and we're all there too. But I think, so yes, you might have, you may or may not have fewer takes. Um, but I think, um, uh, the more like sort of, you know, you fall into a rhythm in a show, in a network show, and you know, sort of your tone and your relationships and, and what your strengths are with, you know, let's say between Jen and Ian, you know, or Jen and magic and even just little things, how you sort of like to maybe you might want to switch something up or whatever in terms of like, 
uh, how you would normally, you know, handle something within a scene with like, let's say like my Jen's relationship to magic, you know, you might want to show a slightly different facet. And so that's when you can have a lot of fun in between. Hmm. Having said that, I think because we have such a strong writing staff, I think that's become like pretty apparent that is really, really understands like the dynamic between our characters. Now it's like you, you get these, you know, in the beginning, again, everybody's sort of feeling everybody out. We don't really know yet. We're still sort of um, fleshing out those dynamics. And, you know, even if you have a strong uh, point of view about it in your head, doing that with, with, Ernie Hudson in real life, you know, it's going to, it's not, you know, like, I've never been in a room with Ernie mm. before we started shooting, you know, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> and it's a vibe thing. And, and so uh, you start to see sort of what comes out of that. And I think, you know, with a lot of credit to um, the writers, I think they started to see some of those things pretty early on. And now you'll, you'll pick up a script and you'll get it and you'll read it. And you'll be like, yep, yep, yep. Like that's a new fun thing. <laughs> That, like acknowledges this other thing you did and it just continues to build so it's gotten really fun in that sense ah well you created an even more perfect segue for the question i wanted to ask so thank you for that uh, because i'm curious uh as to maybe when you felt like like the writers got jen and when you like really got jen or you know if the if the moment was the same moment maybe you know what at what point did you just sort of feel like yeah now this is this feels right yeah, I mean, I, look, I'll be honest. I think like in the, um, I had a little bit. It was a little tricky for me in the beginning because I think I had such a strong point of view about who I thought Jen was when I booked the role. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as they, as they, as more you know at that time it's just me I had full control over that character and my perception and how I wanted to sort of like portray that character when you start adding right a whole room full of writers and and um and executives and studio and even things like hair makeup wardrobe team you know who are all amazing professionals in their own you know in their fields again, it becomes yeah. a collaboration and you want to listen to, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you don't want to listen to what these other, you know, top tier professionals like want can bring to the table their ideas, you know, and how that could just help your character. So in the beginning, I, I, uh, it was, um, I mean, that, that was a little bit of a difficult adjustment for me. And I think, you know, maybe that speaks a little to my greenness or maybe that speaks a little bit of my, to my, um, stubbornness or protectiveness over, over, um, the character that, that I had at the time. And I think like, um, for me personally, and as, as an, as a, as working actor, it was a really good thing to sort of move through, to be able to like, uh, uh, hear and incorporate other people's ideas into this character to help sort of like, um, um, point it in the direction of, of the kind of show that we are. Um, and so yeah. in the, in the, in the beginning, it was, it was a bit tricky. And I think, uh, you know, because the network w- ordered a repilot, you know, it can be easy to sort of get in your head about like, did they not like this? Mm. Like, did they not like that? Did mm-hmm. they want to see something different? And, you know, you, you, there may or may not be notes that are attached to some of those things, but they get sort of 
you know, uh, given sort of down the line, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we don't hear them necessarily directly and, 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 and we hear them from the people that we need to hear them from. But, um, but if you, you get to be a little bit careful because you don't want to get, um, and I can speak from experience because I feel like it did sort of get a bit in my head, um, about just worrying a little too much about how, if what I was doing was the right thing and questioning. And I think, um, you know, uh, when you have somebody like Martin or Dean, you know, who's, you know, sort of like mm, navigating things at the top, like, um, they're so trusting of things that like, I had a conversation with Martin early on and he was like, you're doing great. <laughs> like, just, just <laughs> you want to do, like, and you'll be fine. Just keep doing what you want to do, you know? And so, and I think that helped a lot. Um, but, uh, but I, th- I think honestly, if I'm, if I'm honest about it, that will probably always be a little bit of like a thorn in my side for the rest of my career, any character I play, because, um, and that's just mm. like a, I think a confidence thing, because I think like, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you work in these characters and in roles, like you could say, you know, there's always like a coulda, shoulda, woulda. And maybe on the other side, it seems like it might have been a better idea to make a different choice or to do that in that moment. Or if I had just like, you know, played this a little differently, like, oh, I think it would have been better, you know, but, but you never know, because like, you didn't, that's what not what you did, you know, you can't go back a chick, right? Like, at least not like, in in my world, like on the show, you know, (laughs) right, right. Like, you can't, you can't go back and, and, and really, you just, you wouldn't even know if that actually, if something was a better option or not. So, sorry, I'm going into this whole huge thing and it probably sounds it's, like I'm like, oh, I don't know that I've made the right decision. But I, my point is, is that I did because yeah. I'm so happy with the show. I'm so happy with who Jen is, you know, and I'm so happy with Jen's relationships with the, the people that, you know, are around her. And, um, and so I think, uh, uh, and, and for a while I was a little bit worried you know, just questioning mm-hmm. myself and if I was doing the right thing. But, um, sure. but I think overall my, this whole experience, like boiling it down to sort of oversimplified terms, I think at the root of it for me personally, my personal experience is really, this is about learning how to trust myself more, building confidence mm-hmm. in my own creativity and giving myself space to make choices and um try new things and be curious about what's out there and to like Mm. not execute everything first like perfectly do you know because like what Mm -hmm. even is that because it's subjective and if you are worried about that you're just going to hem yourself in you know Mm -hmm. you're not going to you're going to be too scared to take big swings and and try new things and discover new things about yourself your character your creativity I love that. I, I, I mean, I think that that's such a wonderful answer. It's very relatable because I think that regardless of what field you're in, there are times when you have that question, you know, I mean, I, I can relate to it fairly directly because yeah, you know, as an actor, especially on like a long run of a show, you, you might be like, you know, six weeks into a show and all of a sudden you're like, 
oh, what have I been doing? Like, I am so, you know, it's like, this is not the right choice. So, I, I mean, I totally, I totally get that. And it's the thing that's kind of fascinating to, to me as an observer is, is, is looking at your work on the show and knowing in those early episodes, <clears throat> you know, that Jen was kind of like, you know, the cop, right? Like that was just kind of the function that Jen served. And it wasn't really until we got a few episodes in when all of a sudden we started to really expand on the character and learn more about her. And, you know, I can remember remarking on the podcast, even being like, I love Jen. Like, I just love seeing this character grow. I'm loving, you know, learning more about her. I'm, I'm loving Nandris's work. And so I think that it, it's just been really cool to see that progression. And that's something that, you know, like you were saying earlier, like with a film, you, you don't get, I mean, you get in a different way, right? Because you're with a character for a couple of hours or whatever. But when you get the opportunity to see this growth over the course of like a season of television or whatever, it's it's remarkable and, and it's so much fun. Um, you talked about Ernie earlier and, and obviously early on in the show, I feel like, you know, some of the, some of my favorite scenes in particular, some of my favorite project scenes are the scenes between Jen and magic. Um, can you talk a bit about the relationship uh, between the characters and kind of how you see it um, and just, you know, what it's like working with Ernie in general in those, you know, in those scenes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, working with Ernie is a freaking dream. He's the best. Um, <laughs> we've always gotten along. And I, I, I think like even before I remember originally, like we, we shot the, the first pilot in Vancouver and he uh, was the last one to come out. And so we had him via Zoom on like some on a, on a early rehearsal or something like that. And I just remember just being a little bit all over him. And everybody was a little like, oh, you know, and I was just like, hi, Ernie, when are you coming? Like, you know, I had already <laughs> going to like reach onto this man and like force him, you know? And so I was just like, yeah. I'll be out Wednesday. And I was like, I look forward to stalking you Wednesday. I love you. You know, he was just like, sure. <laughs> We're, we're totally going to make these in the GIFs. <laughs> yeah. So we're totally going to make yeah. these in the GIFs yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, please do. I mean, I feel like I'm such a goober. Um, but he, it, it's great working with him. I think that he's had such an amazing career that has spanned decades. I mean, he's kind of hit the ground running in his career and kind of never really yeah. left. So he's a great person to bounce um a lot of things off of like especially for me again this is my first show it's my first series regular asking him like practical things practical business things practical things about like um but also like you know more nuanced things that are harder to like that you need on the job training for learning how to like navigate like when to pick your battles like where mm. when you should pipe up over like what's important for for you personally or the character or even just like you know what's going to make your job easier or harder, you know, just certain things, right? Like Ernie's amazing with stuff like that. Um, and I think Ernie and I, again, like we hit it off uh, quite early. Um, um, and because uh, uh, we had fewer shooting days um, um, when we were in Vancouver, um, Ernie and I just, you know, went to dinner a lot. We had a lot of steak. Ernie was easy. <laughs> Ernie was naked, <laughs> veggie bender because I, you know, and so we we <laughs> definitely split a couple tomahawks and had some spinach and you know, but it was a great <laughs> get to know him, um, um, just on a personal level, and I think 
the discussions we had about our characters, it felt like um, uh, he was very open to a lot of the things that I was really excited about, about Jen's relationship to to magic. Um, um, in the dummy sides that, uh, that I originally auditioned with, it had mentioned that um, that uh, that magic had short, showed up, you know, and, and sort of uh, Jen had gotten herself in a little bit of hot water and didn't know him and he showed up and that's sort of how, how they met and and uh, because of there was a mention uh, of Jen's relationship to her uh, father and how maybe it wasn't mm-hmm. um, and his in his addiction issues with gambling and 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 I just thought well God that means that just that creates such an unsafe space for for somebody at a young age you know when you feel like you don't have yeah. uh, security. Um, if you have one parent that is, um, that has a gambling addiction and you don't know if they're, they're gambling away the house, the car, you know, your college money, um, um, just how that would, would affect somebody, um, from a really young age and how, when, you know, that woman is armed with, uh, um, uh, a big brain and a lot of chutzpah, you know, that, 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 into the world and parlay that in a certain way and i think um that stuff was included so i thought a lot about that initially and 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 how you know what would happen between when she got caught hacking something and now on the team and what would be the things that would be important to her in terms of where's her loyalty what is the thing what is it what is it about the program that keeps her there is it the money is it uh, working for like a government thing? Is it like the excitement of like the project that you're working on? And I think for me, it came down because it's not the money, you know, because Jen's a <laughs> go in and just do what she does. And she was doing that before she <laughs> met magic, you know? But I do think it's about sort of having a surrogate father, a place that feels, is it safe for someone who's very consistent and has made it very clear that there is, that, um, that if I kind of stick with him, I'm, there's a stability there, you know, and certainly love there and uh, respect for who I am as a person um, and not necessarily trying to change that, you know? And so I think a lot of those elements yeah. um, went in, into the character and, um, and, you know, lucky for me, Ernie was like very open and, and, and loved all those ideas. And then, um, and because of the time we spent together in Vancouver, we got to kind of just get to know each other's little sort of isms. And, you know, again, a lot of long dinners, we had a lot of long conversations and just got to hang out and, and really start to build some of that trust in real life and, and, and some of that intimacy, you know, and into sort of like our vulnerability, yeah. what we thought about things. Yeah, one of the things that I love about the relationship is that obviously there is that paternal quality that that magic has for Jen. And yet I don't feel like it's necessarily Jen just substituting, you know, this guy for a, a new dad or whatever. You know, I think that there's that there's even more to the depth of the relationship, which is which which comes across in some really wonderful ways. Um, but speaking of Jen's real father, you know, uh there is in in um, Stand by Ben, I believe. There's the moment where, you know, he's reaching out, he's trying to connect. Jen does not want to have anything to do with, or no, it's uh, it's Oh Eve Little Faith, excuse me. Um, and uh, and then of course you and Magic are trapped on the elevator, 
and you know magic kind of prods you and pushes you to to reconnect uh with him and it's funny because at the time you know watching the episode i was just sort of like no magic don't know that is not okay like if she's drawn this boundary she should hold that boundary uh so i'm really curious as to what you what you thought of it and i think that it's that's not me like criticizing the show in any way. I, I think it's a, I think it's really great. Mm. And I, and I want to see where it's going. That's just me kind of like having, you know, feelings in this, this engagement with the, with the moment. So I'm curious as to what your feelings were on that kind of, you know, magic pushing her to do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, uh, firstly, I think it's great that you had that reaction because then, then it tells me that you're invested in the characters and that you, you know, you, you care and you have, uh, not everybody's going to have the same opinions about how they want certain things to go in the show. And I think that like, right. When, when you have a reaction like that, it just means that you're actually like really engaged and you're like, that's not how I would do it. I don't think you should talk to her that way. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> don't you tell her that. <laughs> so, so I love hearing that. Um, it was with, uh, it was standby Ben. I think, oh, you have a little faith, right? Was the okay, okay, Halloween episode, and that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yes, right. right. Um, that was when you and Addison, yes, yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes. Um, which was also a really fun scene, uh, by the by. Um, yeah, for that one, but um, but yeah, I think um, I think there's a couple things about that sort of series of scenes. It's like I think from Jen's point of view and my point of view about Jen was that I just sort of wanted her to be more standoffish, more upset. Um, and and uh, to the director's credit, you know, we did shoot some of those um, takes, and that's the great thing of when you have multiple takes. But uh, uh, but um, yeah, in a, a little bit further into into one way for me, it was really feeling some of that like. Uh, frustration about the history, the history with um, with my father, but um, but I think uh, Ernie or Magic, excuse me, had had a conversation with my father, and I wasn't necessarily privy to all of the information in that conversation, and so uh, I do understand that. Um, you know, I think while whatever Jen's relationship to her father, um, I think given this sort of repeat pattern that leaves her feeling really just not good about herself. Um, I wanted her to be a lot more just outwardly angry about things and, and more standoffish. Mm -hmm. But um, I do think that because she holds magic opinion magic's opinion in such high regard there isn't gonna and because magic's always going to be really respectful of her and and she's always she's going to be respectful of magic you know there is a, a different dynamic in that relationship with magic versus you know perhaps her father in certain circumstances and to where um he's always been there for her she knows that he always wants what's best for her He's not going to, I don't think in that dynamic, Jen believes that magic would choose what he wants for whatever reason at the cost of something that might be good mm. for Jen. And so I think it, it comes from that. And, um, and uh, I think mm, also maybe just the kind of show that it is, right? You have, I, I'm a little bit of like an instigator and where I'm always like, well, what if Jen was like, like, what if she's not like, 
what if she struggles with being a good person? Do you know, like, what if she got, <laughs> who knows, right? Like, what if these old sort of antics kind of come up and she kind of want to, you know, but I think then you're sort of leading the show away from some of the core things that it is, right? Which is like heart, yeah. empathy, wanting to understand people more and really just sort of spreading love and kind of more understanding. At least that's my interpretation of, of the show. Mm. I think it, it was, you know, those were main components of the original and those are things that we've prioritized here. So if that's, it starts to, yeah. you know, it, basically I think it, then it may start to feel like a different show. Sure. You know, it's so, it's, it's it really, I, I feel like I just made a discovery as, as you were talking about that, because one of the things that might set the, um, you know, the, the new series apart from the original series is that, of course, in the original series, because we're only following Sam on the leaps, it's really all about him setting right what once went wrong through the means of time travel. And an element of, of, of the revival, it, it's, it's kind of just that, that word, right? Revival. It's the idea that you can set things right at any point in time. You just have to make the choice to do it. And, and I think that that's kind of, you know, with what you're talking about in particular with Jen, that's a really beautiful thing to have it's so empowering to realize that like yeah you can have somebody that's on the total wrong path right but that even if even with all these helping hands that might be around them that it really does take their own agency their own choice to kind of say no i'm going to i'm going to stay on this path um instead of indulge that that dark side or whatever and i think that that's kind of remarkable and and, and it is very different from a lot of what we see in current entertainment quite frankly you know it, 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 it there's still that that notion that it's kind of cool to be bad um and yeah. and and you're right i mean the hope that that represents i think is is pretty incredible um let's talk a little bit about ben song for the defense because i think that it illustrates some some of what you're talking about so well especially with jen because you get to do a lot more in this episode you get to step into the imaging chamber and and be the observer uh when you found out about that what what was your reaction Oh, I was stoked. I was so freaking excited. I mean, I was so excited. Um, just because we had so little time with Ray. You know, Ray's always an elite. He's always, yeah. I mean, uh -huh. you know, Caitlin does, or sorry, with, you know, our characters get so little time with, with Ben. I'm harassing Ray in real life all the time. Uh -huh. But like, you know, but but with <laughs> and Ben are, are in the leaps together and, and the rest of us, you know, aside from, I think, the party scene in the um in the pilot we i had not yeah. shot with him prior to that so um so i was mm. the most excited about that i was just basically just gonna get to goof off with ray for an episode and 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 hang out and, and <laughs> get into that world there was um there was like a there was like a crash course in the hand link <laughs> caitlin had to like walk me through <laughs> <laughs> Just about mm -hmm. like how you hold it, when it might light up, where you could maybe look and, you know, to get your information and, and just, um, and, and sort of the relationships that she had developed with the handling. And I was just kind of like, you know, like, there was a joke that like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this little disc and I don't, for the love of me, I could not mm -hmm. keep it in freaking hand. And props started getting like really <laughs> anxious about because I would just be sitting there and I'd talk and then it would just like fling out and like it would break, you know, like the thing oh, no. come over and, and put it back together. And you know, Tony and Mike from props were just, you know, the second or third 
day in a row that I did that, like my one of the props guy like handed it back to me with like very direct eye contact <laughs> to like show his displeasure. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't it's so slippery, you know. So <laughs> that was like a little, you know, then it became kind of a running joke of like I mean after the second time I just started blaming it on whoever worked with us around me, you know, like Ray knocked it out of my hand. Like I don't know. Okay. Like, tell him not to be but, um, but it was amazing. I think I was really excited to, again, like I said, to be able to um, have scenes, you know, between uh, uh, Jen and, and Ben. And, uh, and I was, I really, because I heard about, you know, that as a possibility before I actually got the script. And so, um, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I was, I was really excited to see sort of where things would go or what would be revealed in the relationship between those two characters um, because we didn't really yeah. know, you know, and sort of how, if, if there had been things that happened in the past or getting an inkling or getting really just an opportunity to build, to flesh that out a little bit more. Um, and, and also I think, right. Jen is a fish out of water a little bit in that episode. She's a mm-hmm. smart, capable woman and she can you know she she adapted quickly but i think there were you know there was a few things that she just wasn't used to and and she sure she's fine sort of like being in the background getting the information and kind of pitching in her two cents about like whatever this or whatever that you know but being in the moment and and moving through it real time um being a part of it and and it's a it's that's a lot of pressure right if you think about it from a character point of view it's it's uh, Ben's survival. It's the people he, that he left into the situation. It's uh, everybody's um, um, survival every time, and so to have to then feel that pressure real time, right? And 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 yeah. trained for that, um, I think is you know was a was a, a different thing, and and trying to acclimate, you know, and then on top of that, you put on top of like these isms that Jen does, right? Which is kind of like when and down. <laughs> confident like <laughs> just kind of know what you're doing <laughs> even you don't. and so you see some of those opportunities where maybe where she's a little bit more vulnerable or maybe ones where she's you know there's a learning curve and and then you know moments where she's like oh no 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 no, i got this like this is my element and this is what you just want to do like just be quiet follow this thing and it'll work itself out you know so it was yeah really great fun to be able to do all of those things really in one episode yeah, the, I mean, like the the off track betting moment in particular. Mm-hmm. I was just it was, yep. it was like, yep. yeah, that's, that's Jen. <laughs> um, you know, it, one of the things um, that intrigued me is that that idea that, of course, you know, you you've not shared the screen like had a scene with Raymond with Ben, um, you know, since the the first episode, and now you know here you are, and of course he kind of gets the advantage of not remembering you, right? So he doesn't necessarily have to load you know that relationship with too much stuff but you on the other hand you know it's remarkable that all of the characters at one time or another have referred to him in some way i say all the characters mostly you and ian have referred to ben as your best friend you know and it's addison's fiance it's magic feels like you know he lost a son when ben left so the relationship is obviously very close what's it like to kind of go in there um having all of that relationship you know be acknowledged and yet not 
be experienced you know that we we haven't seen it as viewers and you haven't had the chance to actually have those scenes and uh, you know live those scenes so i'm curious as to what that was like to just all of a sudden you know see this person that you have this huge history with yeah yeah i i think it's um it's a combination of both right because um i mean i you go in you separately, I, I'm, I'm prepping, prepping my work and, 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 and with that comes ideas of what I think might happen in the scene and, and, and how I think, you know, um, Ben might react to things or, you know, his take on things. Um, but, but I think uh, as far as like the circumstances of being Jen and Ben and their relationship prior to that moment when she sees him, of course there's history, you know, maybe she didn't have the closest relationship to him as, 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 as you know, I think that would be with Addison. Right. Um, um, right. I think some of that I pull from, from my real life and my interactions with Ray, the actor, I think like uh, Ray and I didn't know each other before we started shooting, shooting the show, but we have developed and, and, and relatively quickly, like a sort of a, a sibling cousin kind of relationship. You know, we razz each other a little, like, <laughs> feel very comfortable in his presence. I mean, probably most people do for Ray. He's, he's just has that kind of like vibe about him. But, <laughs> but um, I didn't knew that like, I wanted to bring some of that in, into um, the, the relationship of our characters. So sort of my thinking at least whenever I was talking about Ben whenever Jen was talking about Ben um was it was more that relationship right he's he's a great guy but also there is this sort of like sibling-esque connection um and he he mm, I think understands me uh Jen even though they haven't led the same life and even though they haven't made the same choices in their life, I think. And I, I, you know, I think some of that might come from both of us being Asian American. Um, I think, mm. uh, uh, again, Ray is just a lovely guy, but I think, you know, I'm half Korean, Ray's Korean. We have two Korean, technically Asian, Mason's a tiny bit Korean. So technically we have three you know, um, people who are Korean um, that are in the regular cast. And there's no relation in the storyline. There's no, do you know, we're not like, it's not yeah. Ray and I are both a part of this main cast because we're like husband and wife or brother and sister. It's just two people that happen to be, right. happen to be on the team, you know, which, which I really, really love. And I think for me, that was um, something that I, that I noticed that I felt like was quite significant. Um, it's small, but it's really big. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, um, uh, you know, I can't speak for Ray, but I will say that, that me and Anrissa as a person and as an actor, I think that, that there is, um, um, a, a similar sort of understanding in the way that I feel like our characters might share as well in that us both being Asian American in, um, choosing a profession that, that, uh, that um, is non-traditional <laughs> for, you know, um, <laughs> uh, where there for a long time was really sort of a limit, limited capacity in which you could work in. And, um, and I think also just even outside of acting stuff, right? Like just two people who share a culture, 
that might be able to relate in a slightly yeah. different way, you know, and have that connection. So I think, you know, for Jen and Ben, I, I, I certainly used some of that thing. I think what I'm trying to say is I think it allows for uh, a little bit of automatic, I don't know if the word is comfort or understanding a little bit of the other person, but there's just this underlying of, you know, um, of, uh, I would assume we, we would think that we would share many similar experiences, even if you were just meeting that person for the first time, just in the course of your life, you yeah. know, um, interacting with, um, the rest of this country. And so definitely that I think, um, um, and I think, but I think in terms of circumstances between, um, uh, uh, being the hologram in that episode, it's yes, all of these things of this, this guy who you feel like is like a sibling to you and you've been worried about him and you see him all of a sudden and he's okay and you see him like almost in the flesh. It's different than seeing that on a monitor. Of course it brings things up, but then you have this extra layer of like, you know, she realizes pretty quickly that he has not retained any, that it's one-sided. And so you're like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here this party, you know? Um, and then also, <laughs> right? It's yes, all of these things, mm -hmm. feelings, and that, that are sort of one-sided in this moment, but also time's a ticket. You know, I'm here for a reason. There's, yeah. we only have a certain amount of time. We got to keep it pushing. We'll shelve that, you know, it's that, that thing of, right? Like, is this, no, you don't really remember me? Okay, great. Well, move <laughs> on. Like, we'll come back to that later. And right. when you do remember, <laughs> to give you, you know, flack about her, I'll make sure to, you know, be you out about not remembering me sooner. Because I feel <laughs> offended by that, but um, but yeah, yeah. Ah, what a what a just what a fantastic breakdown of that. Because I I think that that is, I mean it's that plays like I I don't necessarily need you to say all of that, but I love hearing it because it, it is uh it's illustrated so well on the screen. You, you know exactly what you're talking about that that urgency that you know there's a job to do, but also there's this emotional connection. You know, and there's this person who's been absent from your life now for months, and 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 you want them back just as much as everybody else does, and 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 now you're getting to kind of share that space. Uh, uh, with him. Um, you mentioned, you know, earlier, like that collaborative process and, 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 you know, how costumes in particular, I feel like, you know, even for, for me, I know that was something that when I was finally in that costume, it was just sort of like, oh, there you are, you know, to, to the character. It was just sort of like that really helps to kind of make that final leap. Uh, no pun intended. Um, and in this episode, it's rather interesting because Dennis and I both had the same feeling about the costume that you're in for mm -hmm. the bulk of this leap whether it was intentional or not, uh, it felt like something Al would wear, honestly. Like it felt reminiscent of something that, that we would have seen, you know, Al mm. in, in the original series. Um, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, the, yeah, the question the I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the question I was going to ask is like, there, there is no dialogue that hints to that. So I, I was curious, like, was there any discussion on the set if that was a intentional choice? No, it, it wasn't. I'm. Are you talking about the dress or the the suit with the tuxedo coat? 
the suit was different. The suit. I mean, I have to yeah. my the suit, yeah. I'll never wear a dress in the leaps, but I thought maybe it was like the, the leather in it or something. Um, um, that. Deleted <laughs> scene, fourth season. They were, no. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. They, they cut that extra scene. Um, they, uh, uh, that suit, <laughs> that, that stripe that went down the shirt that looked made it look like a skinny tie was my favorite yeah. look for the whole season. I just feel, you know, I feel like awesome. Mm-hmm. That outfit, I just like put on that shirt and then yes, dangerous in this outfit. Like this is crazy. It feels like that slash sort of reservoir dogs, right? It just like I think it's because it looks like a skinny tie. Mm-hmm. It just looks so cool to me. Um, and, right. Uh, we, I think we had fit both of those outfits so when i i think we'd had a fitting for those i think prior to that that episode you know usually what we do is like okay we'll have uh we'll have wardrobe fittings um you do a big one in the beginning of the season where you just try on a bunch of stuff and they photograph you and just so you have options and then periodically as the season progresses you'll you know you'll you'll do more fittings and kind of add on and add on and and so sometimes you'll have something that you'll try on in the very beginning of the season that you won't that will show up right like 10 episodes later and you're like oh yeah i remember this thing i'm trying to like that okay good i'm glad they okayed it nobody said anything to me um, oh, um about that selection being specifically because of that but um i also wouldn't put it past yeah. um, uh martin or or whoever you know selected that that outfit or genevieve you know if she if she was like presenting it at moment or you know absolutely i think that could have been a possibility where genevieve or martin you know just thought like oh well this feels actually like kind of out this would be kind of like fitting what do you think you know and um i'm just not always yeah <laughs> i'm just a little lower on the totem balls i'm just like sure mm-hmm. yeah. you know? <laughs> but, um, but it was fun to be able to have that i think that tuxedo jacket does feel you know pretty al and that you know um that he's always coming from something somewhere else you know um too right <laughs> right mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. his normal life outside of um right exactly exactly you know one of the things that dean had mentioned when he was on the show back in december is that you know the the idea of you know once season two was confirmed the idea of being able to just really go and do completely different things and go wherever that, you know, they want to do really push the boundaries of the show and what the show can do, um, which I think is really cool. And the amazing thing about that is I feel like we've gotten to this, this, this point, especially since coming back from the, the, the break, um, where the episodes have been so consistent, so dialed in, and it feels like, wow, they know exactly what they want this show to be. And now kind of having this little thing in the back of my mind going like, yeah, and now there's the potential for them to blow that all up and do something completely different next season, which is really exciting. Um, and I think that with with this episode, with Ben Song for the Defense, it's it feels, I, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to imply at all that the show had become stale or stayed in any way. But the, this episode does feel kind of like a breath of fresh air. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you being the observer, and I mean, we love Caitlin and think Addison is awesome. And, you know, SOS was just such a high point, you know, for, for the show, for her as an actor, for everything. Uh, but it's just like, it was such a cool new dynamic to see. And it was lovely to see that. And in talking with, with Romy yesterday, um, you know, she talked a lot about how this was something that she really 
you know, was really excited to do. And one of my favorite moments of the episode, uh, of course, is the bunny speech. Um, so I'm really curious as to when that kind of came into your hands. And, and then of course, once you, you know, it's up on its feet and, and you and Ray are, you know, doing the thing, um, there's just so much humor, but there's also so much heart in that moment. It's pretty, it's just a pretty incredible moment. And the, again, the chemistry between the two of you is so on point. And, and so I would just love to kind of hear your take on that, on that scene, that speech, uh, and, and kind of the process of filming that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, Romy and I, because we started shooting that right before the winter break, and then we picked up after in January, um, I had more time with it for oh, sure than I normally would not, maybe not with that scene specifically. Um, cause we, sh I think we shot that the first day. Mm -hmm. Um, um, but, uh, oh, wow. but yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, there's no way, like, this is not a headquarters scene. Like we always start with headquarters first. And so like, we'll shoot our headquarters stuff first and, like, <laughs> that. and we'll come back to this stuff like after the break. And then I got, um, rescheduled. I was like, oh man, no, we're shooting that like day after tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it was like a little bit of a, <laughs> you know, down those eight scenes and pick up these, you know, but, um, but it was great. I mean, I think like Romy is, you know, we had a little bit of a discussion over the break. Um, just a, a couple things that I had questions about that I wanted some clarification. And she was so generous to like, take the time and like, I sit there and have a, you know, a conversation about, um, about, um, some certain parts and in, in, in certain scenes. And, and I think it gave me, um, a really great understanding in terms of, where she was coming from um, when she wrote when she wrote this episode, and really specifically um, my character's arc within the episode. So, um, yeah. uh, in the beginning of the episode, I talk about how I like this is not really my thing. I don't. That's not my job. I don't want to go in and go do that. And 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 by the end, you know, I'm so. I think that over the course, I'm, I'm slowly realizing it at the end, it really sort of locks in that um, I think kind of at the root of it, my opinion is that I feel like Jen, you know, part of that resistance in the beginning is like, sure, she may be working on a good guy team and she wants to be a good mm. person and she's surrounded by a lot of good people, but she's not like a good guy, you know, like she's not like a superhero you know what i mean like that's like an addison thing you know that's like mm. an e or magic you know like a you know and so so i think by the end realizing that like she really is a necessary part of this machine and this program and that mm. and that she really is like a good person who can make like good changes in the world it does matter what she does i think that was like a big uh, part of my character's arc that um, honestly I didn't init initially see you know and and until I had a conversation with Romy about it and 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 you know by the yeah. end I was like, oh okay 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 like this stuff and all makes um, you know there was a one point uh, where I was like having a hard time with the one point in, in in a scene towards the end and when she sort of you know it it shared with me sort of where her head was at when she wrote it and sort of what she, you know, how she felt about Jen. I was like, that's just freaking brilliant, Romy. <laughs> like, 
okay, well, I love this, you know, like, I get it now, you know, and, um, yeah. which is the really amazing thing about being able to work with about in a collaborative setting. Right. Um, so, so that was, yeah. um, that was sort of like one of the biggest things, you know, I think, um, for me in that episode in terms of understanding my character and, and the arc in that episode and, and, and why, why Romy had written these things, you know, um, for me. Um, yeah. as far as the bunny scene, I was like, I got that. And I was like, oh, this is a doozy. Like, I don't like, this is like, <laughs> I, I promise you, if you were to sit down and transcribe that scene, like word for word and what you think maybe the punctuation is, you know, cause you try to adhere to the punctuation and you know, you respect the writing and all that stuff. And, um, and I think when I saw it, I was like, oh, I don't. Uh, okay, <laughs> this is gonna take. Like, <laughs> it's an, it's the kind of scene where you can't you can't just go. I mean, look, I can't. Maybe other people can. I can't just go in and just be like, you know, memorize the lines and be like, all right, let's just like let it flow on the day. Um, I yeah. get a little. I just mm-hmm. I just need to have a little bit more reassurance in my preparation than that. Um, um, Otherwise, mm-hmm. I feel like I'll get tight and distracted and focused on the wrong things. So, um, so for me, that was prepping. That was just like um, it was, you know, um, exploring different options on different lines, you know, which is of course normal. But but really trying to find also a rhythm in the writing um, and figure out where that, mm. that rhythm is and that punctuation. And and I think one thing that Jen tends to do not all the time but it's an aspect of her character is the way her train of thought she will be talking about one thing all of a sudden realize something else and completely switch awareness of that and then come right back in and go and do this other thing so there were certain you know things within that that scene that i was like well maybe this is you know that would work and then and then you just cross your fingers in the day and Yep. Just, you know work itself out and, and people like what you're doing and and uh, and if not then you yeah know, then, then you you get a note you get some direction or you get some suggestions you play with other options and uh and then the editor has uh piper who's lovely hi piper has a bunch of uh you know different <laughs> in the day uh, you know, one of the things that I love about it too is that again, there's so much humor at play, and you know, and 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 Ray's reactions to all of this that you know that, that you're saying, and of course the way that you're saying everything, but then it 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 drives to this just really wonderful like grounded moment of 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 heart and and hope, and you know, it just really kind of plays into what you were talking about earlier with what the show's about and that empathy, and you literally call Ben a hero, you know. You, you're a hero um which i even said to romy i was just sort of like i gotta be honest like that felt kind of risky because if it's not you know if it's not done right like it can kind of feel a little like you're literally calling the hero of your show a hero on the show you know it's like but it it's it is so beautiful um what you know i mean what do you do with that you know with with a moment like that when you're when you're like i said you're literally calling the hero of your show a hero yeah you that's so generous of you um i think it really it's it it's for me it was 
I never really thought about it that way, honestly. Like sometimes you'll get lines and you mm. don't even realize you realize that like in in other hands this could be or I'll see that in for other people like other characters, you know, where you're like, ooh, if in in someone else's hands this might be a little and you see that all the time. Sorry, finish your sentence anyway. Sorry. You like when you when you uh <laughs> when you auditions with your actor friends or whatever. And if you are helping somebody or whatever, and someone has a certain take on something and you're like, mm, well, that feels a little soapy, you know, or maybe we want to, is this that kind of show? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I think, right. Knowing, right. Right. Cause it could go, yeah. it could go in any direction, but I think knowing uh, how I feel about Jen, you know, in moments like that and, and maybe just some of her tactics and her habits and how she might address um, how she handles uh, complimenting somebody or uh, uh, giving, <laughs> you know, just the options that, right, maybe she would, what her habits are, right? It doesn't mean that it would always be the same thing, but um, that... Uh, you know, for Jen in, in particular, um, and, and in her relationship with Ben, I think uh, at that point, um, they're faced with like a lot of things that seem kind of impossible. So it was a lot of different things. I think for Jen, it was like having this moment of realizing she, like, this is the fear, right? This is why she didn't want to come. This is why she didn't want to jump into uh, the leap as a hologram. Because right. Not, not her thing. Like, you know, Addison can talk him down from somewhere or Ian might come from a place that is like really beautifully genuine and, you know, and, 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 and sweet and thoughtful. And Jen is just a little bit more of kind of a bull in a like, I don't know, you know, you just kind of, you know, it's hard to do the thing, you know? Um, so, right. right. So I yeah. think, uh, that's a moment, right, where she gets confronted by that in herself, too. And then as it kind of unfolds, this sort of, like, all-over-the-place speech, she kind of starts to realize that, right, and get some clarity. And then I think at that point you can yeah. play with options, but you, you can say a line like that um, and just have it just be the truth. Like, uh, the way yeah. she deals with mm-hmm. him in that moment, it doesn't have to be, like, uh, overly flower. It's the thing about listen, I believe in you. Like, and that's just yeah. We believe in you and you can do it. Like, you know you, you I know you can do this. You know you can do this. Like, just do it. You know? And so, when you know mm. what, how your character, you know, the emotions behind things and how your character manages their emotions uh, behind things, I think it, for mm-hmm. me it, it's a lot a cleaner place to come from and point of view and like what my options would be. And then I worry less about um, slipping into something that maybe I won't mm, be happy with later. Yeah. Here's, here's kind of a weird question going off of that. Do you think Jen has always seen Ben that way? Or do you think that that's something that, you know, she's only recently discovered after seeing him, you know, step into the accelerator, go on these leaps and, you know, change all of these things for the better. Yeah, I think um, I think you know I've never really thought about that. 
I think in the beginning when she first met Ben, it was just kind of like, okay, new guy. Um, let's see what you got. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to go back to relationships, her opinion of magic and magic's ability and why magic would hire somebody like Ben, mm. there has to be a reason behind it. And it's not, you know, it's the same way that magic hired me from the outside. Someone would be like, what are you doing? You're hiring a felon, you yeah. know? And it's just like magic sees things and you just trust that, right? Like you just uh, uh, know that there's a reason why that person is there and whether or not, you know, you, you, it's all upfront and like super welcoming, but I, it is a different case, you know, that they, they'll prove that to you over time. But I do think that enough time had passed, you know, before Ben went into the accelerator that, where she, she knew what he what he was made of, you know, like the guts underneath mm. everything. And uh, whereas yeah. there may have been moments where it was sort of fish out of water or you're not really sure, right, because he wasn't supposed to be the one that was leaving. Um, I think, like, uh, you know, maybe not to have, like, I think anybody on that team has got a a similar combination of qualities that would make you think they've got yeah. Yes. I, I think that's a great point. I completely agree. Um, the, at the end of the episode, um, you know, it's an episode that's, that is, that is packed with, there are a lot of emotional moments, you, you know, I mean, obviously Ben um, working with Camillo and, you know, the stuff with Leo and, you know, um, uh, even the stuff with the relationship between you know, the leapy Ben and, and Vicky and, and that sort of stuff. But arguably one of the, I think most like cathartic moments, one of the more emotional moments of the episode comes at the end when, you know, they pull up the information back at headquarters about what happens to everybody after the leap is over. And Jen obviously has a very, you know, very emotional reaction to all of this. Um, where did that come from? And, and, and if you want to, Romy mentioned, she, she didn't go into any detail, but she mentioned that, you know, that the two of you talked a lot about that particular scene. Um, I'm curious as to what type of things, you know, you were talking about. And, and again, like how you connected with that particular moment, because it is completely unlike anything that we've seen from Jen before. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I that was the scene I was, I was talking about when I said that I had called her and I was having trouble with uh, a certain point. There were a couple uh, uh, little things. I just, it, it was, so it was scripted that Jen, uh, you know, breaks down and is crying. Um, and uh, um, at that point where she realizes that Vicky and Oleda, you know, joined um, the Innocence Project and, and, and I just didn't, you know, at the time, I think I, I thought, well, wouldn't I be more like, that's fine. But like, also I know, I know it's Ben in Aleda's body and Ben's relationship is with Addison. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, why would I get that emotional about, you know, um, them joining the, you know, and then I, and then I got worried that maybe it was about, uh, Jen feeling like she had gotten sort of, um, uh, like Jen feeling like maybe she had gotten the, the short end of the stick in, in her experience with the law in terms of, um, you know, being a convicted felon for hacking. And, and that was really my issue because I, I, Jen did it. 
Do you know what I mean? Like Jen broke the law. Like many, many. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not like she was falsely accused of anything. She did it a bunch before she yeah. got caught. And then she got caught. She was just <laughs> so I don't think that Jen was, you know, so I was concerned that this was a, a shift that Jen all of a sudden felt like she had been a, a victim earlier in her life. And I just mm. didn't, couldn't relate to that at all. And I, I didn't think that it, that was to the character. And personally, I just thought like, no, she like broke the law. Like, why would she ever feel like, why would that make her emotional to the point where she could relate? Like, Oh, other people that have been wrongly accused, like have a fighting chance. Like, I don't know why, but in that conversation with Romy, you know, Romy was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think she's looking at it from that point. What, what Romy had in mind when she wrote that was that it was the realization that Jen's participation in this leak led to the, these chain of events and that she had made a difference and that she actually could make yeah. a positive diff. You know, it's not, Jen is not just good for stealing information jen is like that her her in the moment thinking right like uh um supporting ben like in that in that squirrel scene i mean um in the bunny scene um you know all that stuff is like things that maybe she thought she couldn't do or didn't you know was just like no 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 you know like she did those things and that's what got everybody here to this point not that she was responsible for all of it of course not but like I think that that was something that Jen, prior to this episode, didn't think that that was her thing, you know? And so that's where that yeah. emotion came from, is really um, her understanding in that moment that, like, um, like, that she is a good guy, you know? That she, yeah. she's like, she belongs here. I love that. And I, and I love the moment. And I, and I thought it was a really cool choice because, you know, one of the things, oddly enough, I, I, I meant to ask this uh, to, to Romy, but one of the things that I really loved is that Ben leaps before we ever actually see like the verdict come back, you know, which, which obviously we know that he wouldn't be leaping had it not come back in, in Camillo's favor. Um, but usually, especially in the classic series, and, and, and even, you know, in the revival, there have been times when Addison will tell Ben, like, what happens to everybody after the leap is over. I thought it was a really cool choice to have it happen back at the project. And obviously, you know, the point of that, of course, is, is so that, that Jen has that moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's just, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And it's a wonderful way to kind of leave things um, for, for this particular story. Uh, and and I'm I'm always wondering, like, what's next for Jen. But now I'm really wondering, like, where, you know, where she kind of goes from here. Because I think that this experience, like, like you're saying, it's definitely changed her um in in some ways or at least if not changed her at least allowed her to recognize some things about herself that maybe she lacked a certain awareness of which i thought was really really cool yeah 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 i agree um and and i too would like to see <laughs> what happens with jen um, <laughs> yeah. um I, I think so you know Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was. Just no, no, I was going to shift to another topic. So please finish. Yeah, fin yeah. Sorry. Oh. Uh, okay. I think I was <laughs> so I was going. Sorry, 
I'll say my I'll just say my thing just in case you want to. I was gonna say <laughs> that to to circle back to what you had said in your conversation with Dean about how you know their ideas for season two they really wanted to play with some uh, you know some some things that they hadn't done in the first season. Um, I and I and again I was like. Well, gosh, it sounds like you might know more than I do. I have, I have no clue. I think <laughs> on, the, on the one hand, I'm like, I would like to know these things. I would love to like have these scripts, but um, this is going to sound super cheesy. I just realized, but I just realized that like part of, you know, the part of the adventure for me and for everybody that's a part of the show is like, I don't know what's going to happen. And the same thing as like yeah. for Ben and like for our characters, we don't know where this the season is going. We don't know, you know, the things that we're going to discover about our characters along the way, and 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 also in on a personal level, like how that just affects you as an actor. You know, a very fortunate one in this in this um, in this business and and in this job. You know, all of that stuff is just an adventure along the way. You just kind of do it when it when it's in front of you yeah sure that's cool i i love that so uh i was going to shift to another one of jen's relationships so i think like starting with fellow travelers because i think that's (laughs) when jen goes to belize to retrieve janice and i think from that episode on between that and the in the interrogation scenes like there are people like in the fandom who want to you know put them in kind of a a friendship like if they had met under different circumstances they would be friends or at least really good colleagues. But then of course, like you have the scene, I think it's the end of leap die repeat where Jen takes, takes real exception to the fact that magic kind of brings Janice into the core group, at least for that episode. So I'm curious as to like your thoughts on Jen and Janice's relationship and where you think it's going and where you want it to go. Yeah. Um, I personally love Janice and Georgina. I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to the, the actor who plays Janice. Um, she's fantastic. Um, yeah, not uh, yet. Not yet. Oh, I'm sure she, she, I, she not yet. Yeah. Um, um, uh, <laughs> someone had, um, said to me early on, I think it was Shay who was in our costumes department said that she was shipping us. <laughs> Just like it's a term that the young people yes. use. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would be down for that. Like, I mean, what kind of power couple would that be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> as far as Jen and Janice, I think it's a complicated relationship. I think, you know, certainly there's a certain level of mm, admiration for each other. Um, and for two people Mm -hmm. that, you know, Janice is the level that I, that I can work at, uh, that Jen can work at as, as a hacker, um, is, you know, in the top percentile, right. In the world, if you think about it, Janice is functioning in that percentile across multiple things, right? Like, um, multiple categories. So I think if you can't see that or acknowledge that like you just don't get who she is she's she's a force um and so and jen i think it's you know there's something about that 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 perhaps that jen admires and jen being but jen being scrappy and like who she is it doesn't 
necessarily mean it's like you're not better than me you know kind of situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) but but also janice bests her a lot particularly in the beginning of the season and um so I think that there's a little bit of an ego thing kind of going back and forth. I think there's some mutual admiration. Um, and I would, I would also say, I would even go so far as to say that, um, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know that this is from Janice to Jen, but from Jen to Janice, there might, there's a bit, there may be a bit of an underlying thread in, um, her observation of magic's opinion of Janice. I think Mm. magic is sort of Jen's surrogate father. She's, you could say closest to him on the team. Um, He trusts her, he sees her um, and, and she really loves him, you know, like that's, he stepped in when her dad didn't and she has a lot of loyalty. Mm to him and to see the opinion you know for him to favor Janice um, of all people in that circumstance in that moment when everybody is worried about Ben's life you know and to side and take that creates you know there's some complications there I think in terms of how Jen feels about that and and, and, and the standing that she felt like where she was uh, with magic and, sure. you know, it, it brings a little instability there. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have no idea if, 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 if we'll see more of Janice in season two, I would love to, because again, just Georgina is, is lovely to work with. And I think, um, you know, we always have fun shooting those scenes. I think when you get Janice and Jen in a room <laughs> And there's just, and Georgina just in it as a, is just so smart, you know? And so there's a little of mm. this, like, who's the, like, who's the, who's the mouse? Who's the snake? Or, or is it, you know, or like, is it, is it, is it <laughs> like who, you know, and those things can kind of shift at each moment. Right. Um, which is the really mm-hmm. fun thing about yeah. um, that, the dy- dynamic in that relationship. I hope we see more of it. Yeah, I mean, me too. Me, me too. too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, one of the things I think that I commented on after the, you know, after Fellow Travelers is just sort of like, I just want like a a road trip spinoff series between Jen and Janice <laughs> where they just like go around the country, like, you know, raising hell just and fixing things ways. along the way. You know, that would be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Why not? Um, but for a good cause, right? Like, you know, mm. um, one of the things that's interesting about Jen and, and we want to wrap up soon. I want to be respectful of your time. You're being so, so generous with us, but uh, uh, do a few more questions. And one of the things that I love about Jen is that there is this intuitive quality um, to the way that she reads people. And, you know, we see it with Janice, obviously. We also see it with Martinez. Um, obviously, there's only so much that you can say, certainly at this point in the in the season. Uh, but, you know, Jen pretty flatly says to, to Magic when they first meet Martinez, like, this is a good guy. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't somebody who's lying to us or, you know, bullshitting us at this particular point. What do you think, like, 
do you think that Jen could be reading him wrong? Or do you think that like, that that's just genuine? Like, like this guy that we're seeing right now is not, that's not the guy that's going to like screw everything up in the future or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I would like to say, I don't think Jen is reading him wrong. I think when you think about what some of the things um, that are her strengths, right? Like you said, she's good at reading people. Um, it's, she's, yeah. she's good at calling up. She, again, when you, are raised by someone who is an addict and who could lie to you and, and, you know, and what feels like betray you, you know, um, you, and then when you grow up kind of like in the world of like sports betting and like on the track, like at the, at, you know, at, at the, um, at, with the horses or like around, you know, bookies and pawn shop owners and you, it's just a different, thing there you you learn to rely on you know that sort of sixth sense or uh just that intuition of like when you think someone is bsing you or not um i think the bigger thing is that like i you know my choice is that is to believe that 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 jen is right in that moment you know but that's present day and we don't know what happens with martinez between that time sure in the future that you know things that happen in your life you know they've things change people and so you you just don't right absolutely yeah um the the relationship we talked about the relationships obviously with with the other cast and 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 i i think that a moment that kind of stood out to me at the end of this episode uh, as well as as jen kind of has that emotional moment you know reading off that they join the innocence project is that you know she's comforted by ian you know they're they're the one that that's there for for uh for jen and it's really lovely and i think that the the relationship between the two of them has often been you know very humorous and there's been a lot of you know wonderful moments throughout the season great interplay between you and Mason um but knowing that Ian at some point leaps there's been a lot of suspicion that's been placed on them for you I'm curious as to how that moment was and 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 just what that might mean for Jen and Ian's relationship. Um, and also just, you know, what you think of that relationship, what you think of Mason, feel free to address yeah. any and all of that. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean like how that would affect, like knowing that he, that, pardon me, knowing that they had left um, in the future, how that would have affected Jen's opinion of Ian in that moment or how it may have changed. Him? Yeah. Like the, the fact that, yeah, because I just think it's interesting that they're, the, the, again, that, you know, you're getting that comfort from them, right? That there's that connection there. And yet, uh, there's a little suspicion on Ian, you know? And and I don't think that the sp- suspicion, honestly, is generated from Jen specifically. I think most of it seems to be coming from, like, Addison at this point, frankly. But I'm but I'm just kind of curious as to what that, you know, what that kind of means for you, um, or for Jen, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. I think, um, I think in that moment, um, like me as an actor, I wasn't thinking about that in that moment, and I, I would suspect, and I don't think that sure. this, I don't think that this is the cop out answer, but I think also in a moment like that, Jen, what you would revert back to your base relationship, um, right? When you're when you're nervous system is activated and you're experiencing all of these things and you discover this thing about yourself and, 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 and your friend is there (laughs) to, to, for for you to lean on a little bit. Um, 
uh, I think because, you know, the history of the relationship between Jen and Ian, I sort of see the two of them as like, Like a smarter version of Tweedledee and Tweedledum, a little bit, you know. <laughs> right, for sure. The two in the back, mm-hmm. like two rowdy kids, right? If like, if like Ben and Addison are like, you know, sort of like the golden children, straight A, like achievers, like you know, like just hit every bullseye, you know. Ian and Jen might just be in the back, yeah. like you know, whatever, like. And making having commentary about it and so i think um um and, and mason and i do do that in real life on occasion you know we do like to do that. <laughs> a, lot a lot of our scenes are together and i think that we have um you know over uh uh in the way that our you know personal friendship has has really grown and sort of blossomed and 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 in the way that we enjoy each other i think you, you do see that in in um in Ian and Jen um and I I think that wasn't something that I was expecting I wasn't expecting um mm. for Jen and Ian to have um mm, kind of that specific dynamic in the beginning um I was really expecting sure. there to be uh-huh. um uh a lean you know because it felt like Ian and Addison were so close um, and Ian was sort of Addison's right. for things. Um, um, but then I don't know, maybe that's just something that like between Mason and I, you know, that sort of just came out. We are, we do, we are sometimes a bit like two sort of like rowdy kind of rascal, mischievous, like kids in the background, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, and we do that's like so awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it is, but but I think also you know in this in the same like in the in the dynamic of the show like you know sometimes the director or the first AD is just like okay got to go but but we are a little <laughs> <laughs> liberties a little bit because I do think that we are we are good at what we do you know and yeah we might kind of like for know, sure joke around a little bit and kind of you know you know um, uh, goof off but. But, you know, of course, when they call action, we're just, you know, you go in, you do your job. And, and, and that's the fun of being able to have this many days on set with the same cast, the same crew. You know, you develop these sort of nuances. And so I was actually surprised, yeah, that that, um, that, that sort of developed out as quickly as it did. Um, and also that people saw that. Um, there was something early on in yeah. I can't remember which hmm. one it was. Oh, it's when uh, we say Leaper X, and then, right, they say Leaper X, yes. and then Ernie says it by accident. We get, we get Ernie to say it, and there's just a little bit of a... Um, yeah. We do a little bit. It's not like a high five, but it's just a little bit of like a thing, you know, that just goes kind of under the radar. I think we just do like a little... Mm flap and a dab or something and that wasn't um scripted that was just all supposed to be and and we just thought Mm. you know we spent a lot of time together clearly this is something like that we're just like "Uh, do it do it you know just like like congratulations right right we don't need Mm -hmm. to like think (laughs) about Mm. it because we're not supposed to be you know but just a little bit of that like two like clowns in the back of the class like 
we're listening, we're listening, <laughs> you know, and I think like, that right, right. <laughs> fun. yeah, yeah, I love working with um, for the record, I think like, um, we, <laughs> I don't know how Ray would feel about me saying it, but like, uh, uh, Ray, um, um, had said to me recently that they had, uh, we were, we were, shoot, shoot, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. Ray was saying how they, he didn't, he didn't know what it was, uh, like to work with Mason. And, and we were just discussing, I was talking about mm. what it was like, ah. shoot, like, and just how fun that is. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, yeah, because you think about Ray mm. doesn't have that experience with everybody. Ray doesn't shoot with magic or, or me or, right. or you know, mm. um, or Ian. And so, so, um, you know, we, it's an equal miss out, you know, we kind of miss out on that. And so, you know, hopefully in, you know, two or whatever, some of that will, will have opportunities to kind of switch that up. Yeah, I can imagine, I could imagine that, like, for, for Raymond, that there is that sort of like, man, I don't get to work with any of you all. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, he, he's not there with, you know, with, with, with the rest of you much. Um, uh, okay, here's, a, here's a silly question. Um, perhaps a silly note to go out on. Uh, but talking about kind of cutting up with Mason and, and having fun on set, who is most likely to crack you up on set? Not even necessarily make you break like in a scene, although I'm curious about that mm. too, but who's the most likely to get you to laugh? To get my laugh? I would say, you know, it's not fair because again, I have really only shot with Ray this one episode. Um, um, sure. But it's Mason. Mason is just the yeah. one that is gonna. Mm. There's just too many inside jokes at this point, and too many like one look, and I know it's just, <laughs> you know, just too, too much of a history of us like goofing off, you know, for it not to be Mason. And I think because again, because we, um, the three of us, really the four of us, you know, everybody except for Ray shoot together so often. I think we've gotten to, you know, we get to know each other and sort of like the little things that will set somebody off and so um so mason knows a little bit where my buttons are and also like kind of how to get right like how to get under my skin but also like how to like cause disruption <laughs> in the, like in the quickest <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> i call them the mm. baby it's, you know, they're kind of like the baby of our crew. And I'm like, oh, well, baby's not happy. Baby's upset. Not baby's being bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is the thing really that we need to have on the Peacock Captures. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said, this is the Sorry. thing that we need on the Peacock Extras. Like they give all the extra stuff for the all the things that we need for like the peacock extras that they give, they give yeah. so much stuff for the office fans. Like this is the stuff yeah. that we need for, for quantum leap fans. Right. I'd be happy put to us, <laughs> put it, put us on the payroll NBC. Put us, well, yeah. 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 Mason and I did a little. Um, I would be. Well, uh, a, I, I, it would be. It would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, e did. E did like a little. Uh, we had some press on on set the other day. Um, 
um, just doing quick interviews in between setups and they made the mistake of putting me and Mason together for one. They wanted to interview us together. And I don't know. I mean, it was like after lunch, I was loopy. I was probably like on my third coffee. I was like, I don't even know. Like they were probably like, is she, is she drunk? <laughs> What's going on? And it's just like, <laughs> Willie during the interview was just like, I don't know. I'm just here hanging out. You know, it can be, it can be it's, it's, I enjoy it so much now. I, sometimes we can be a little bit, uh, we can kind of throw things off the rails. I'm so sorry. Um, but yes, that's why we need yeah. those extras because I think it's, I don't know, it's fun. Yeah. Well, we, well, we've I, actually talked to Dean before too, about like the idea of like a physical release, like the, the Blu-ray set or something, you know, something like that to have some of those types of features because people do want them because there are, you know, we, we, we've heard about scenes that have been cut before, things like that. I think Dennis actually has a question he wanted to ask you about that um, um, before we get out of here, but yeah, it would be lovely to have access to, to that sort of stuff because I mean, the, the, the fandom is definitely there for it. You know, they, they would love to see more of that. And I think, you know, we've been so fortunate enough to get glimpses as to the cohesiveness, to the comfortability, to, to that spirit of collaboration that takes place, not just between the cast, but, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you know, writers, producers, directors, costumers, editors, you know, everybody, there just seems to be such genuine good feelings. And um, it's it's inspiring to see, you know, it really is just from the outside looking in, like it's it's really wonderful because there are times when you you love a show and you you love so much about it. And, you know, and then there's like, there's, oh, you hear about this thing or that thing or, or, or whatever. And, and it's just, it's just really nice to kind of just be like, no, this is, this is good vibes. And I like it. Yeah. I think we're all really fortunate. Oh, so the question that Sam alluded to, I, w I was going to ask. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. It's the lag. Oh, so the question I was going to ask, are there, are there any moments? I know it's all good. Are there any moments that Jen has had like cut scenes that were just like cut out for time that you really hated that they cut? Cause they were just like wonderful moments for the character. Um, I think it, again, in the repilot, there was a scene that or part of that scene that got cut that I would just be curious to see. Um, I think, uh, mm -hmm. it felt really good when we shot it. It was funny. Um, it was one of those ones where it was like, they're doing your coverage and the, the people that you're talking to are like breaking and you're like, this is not, <laughs> help, help me stay on task. And they're like, it's not our, you know, like, just <laughs> not to like pat myself on the back too much, but I would be curious to see that one just cause it felt so good. Um, but in general, like you'd say, I think I can only think of one other scene at the, off the top of my head that I've shot that didn't, end up you know maybe the they'll edit things a little tighter or cut you know uh, sections of it out you know but as far as whole scenes i can really only think of one sure. other time where that happened um and i know that they're just it's always just because there's hopefully like just too much good stuff to choose from so um uh sure. but i think like again at the risk of sounding cheesy like just doing it just the satisfaction of like working that material prepping it being ready for it shooting it it feeling so good and it being fun and knowing that it's like that it it got shot it got made like it's like i'm mm -hmm. good with that you know i think and we have so many <laughs> opportunities to kind of strut our stuff Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that's that's lovely. 
Um, well, Dean told me to ask you about poker chips, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, and uh, <laughs> instead, uh, I will I will say thank you so much. Thanks. You've been so kind, so generous with your time. Uh, this has been a blast, and uh, I sincerely hope we get the chance to do it again sometime. Likewise. I mean, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. I would love to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. All right. Well, Nanrissa, take care. And uh, the episode, of course, uh, Ben Song for the Defense. It's a great showcase for Jen. Uh, we hope everyone enjoys it as much as we did. Uh, I think it's it's genuinely one of my favorite episodes of the season, uh, in no small part due to to getting more Jen in our lives. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. What a good time. I know. So much fun. So much fun. Romy was just fantastic. Um, enjoyed hearing about her process, her thoughts on the show overall, uh, getting, you know, a window into some of those moments, in particular, the idea of like how magic would have reacted to the uh, uh, the, the betting, the, the Marty McFly sports almanac moment, uh, I thought was was wonderful. Um, but she's just so I mean, uh, speaking with passionate, intelligent people um is such a joy quite frankly i i mean it like i mean I, it's clear where you know these are these are very smart people um it's kind of like what dean said in the sos uh, uh interview last week about like you know when, when people don't think that they're thinking about these things it's like of course like we're we're approaching this from every angle and it's clear that they are because again these are very these are very smart you know talented hard-working passionate people that love this show that love what they do and uh, it comes across you know in, in romy talking about the episode and the writing of the episode i can't wait to see you know her next episode uh which obviously we're gonna have to wait some time for that'll be season two but uh that'll be super exciting and um and yeah it, it just just really cool and then nanrissa i mean so just what a great energy what a great vibe what a great conversation it was so fun to talk to her and it was so fun to learn about her process about the way that she views the show and the way that she views the character of jen um and i just loved the you know, the down to earth nature of talking about those moments that might've been challenging for her are those moments that, you know, she second guessed herself on maybe. And, and it reminded me a lot too, of like what Caitlin talked about. And, and, and I think it's important for viewers to take note of like early on when a show is first starting out. And sometimes we make these criticisms of, of, of like early episodes of a show. It's just sort of like, y'all, they're still learning, you know, these characters and not just the actors, the writers, the, the producers, you know, the, the, they're, you know, they're all still learning who these people are and, and how they interact. Um, and it's just amazing to see that grow and to see that, you know, evolve over time. And, and, and obviously we've gotten to see uh, Jen in particular, just become, you know, a, a huge, you know, fan favorite character um, that, that people love. And I, I think that that's just a testament to the show that when I say, you know, Jen's a fan favorite immediately, I'm like, well, yeah, but everybody loves Ben and people love Addison and people love magic. And of course, you know, everybody loves Ian. So it's like, it's just a case where the cast just clicks and, and they've done such a wonderful job telling these character stories um, and, and, and growing uh, as the show has gone on that you can't help but be engaged and, and love them. Uh, and I do. And, and it was just such a joy to get to talk to her and learn uh, about, you know, things from her perspective. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, the benefit of, of recording all of this, I haven't heard Romy's interview yet, but I'm really looking forward to hearing that and the thoughts on magic. I just had the thought, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't know. I want now in my head canon, I want this thing of like magic's reaction to the sports almanac 
is that he wouldn't get that reference. He wouldn't get back to the future <laughs> because after having been left into until he figured out what Project Quantum Leap was, he always had this weird fucking aversion to time travel movies and TV shows. <laughs> he just couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and that's why all the time travel, timey-wimey stuff makes his head hurt. He just goes... There's my... <laughs> there, I love it. Not, 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 that, not that he's not smart enough for it. It's just that he just doesn't want to deal with it because of his own personal experience anyway well my new headcanon is that jen recently went out and rented the back to the future trilogy and watched it and that's why we're getting so many back to the future references from jen over the past <laughs> few episodes <laughs> because well, I mean, because during leap die repeat when she was sort of like ah, i don't get any of this she was like i gotta learn more about time travel so she just ran out and was like all right so back to that, the future here we go <laughs> well isn't didn't ian marty mcfly reference her wasn't she the one that said, hey, McFly, oh, calm down? Yes, right, 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 right. They, yeah. Well, no, with Jen, no, because Jen is like, what about in Back to the Future, you know, with the, like, the disappearing oh, like, that, She references okay, the yeah, picture, no, and then yeah. Ian is like, you know, calm down, McFly. Yeah, so it's calm like down, a, a so, yeah. reference, yeah. Maybe they had a watch anyway. party. Maybe they all got together over at Addison and Ben's place, and instead of watching The Real Housewives, they watched <laughs> Back to the Future, back to back to back. All three of them, one epic viewing party. I want to be, I want to be at that viewing party. <laughs> oh, my head's swirling with ideas. Like, yeah, just, just, just get the cast to come on and not even do a, a, a special like patron thing. Like we'll just, we'll just do like a, a commentary with back to the future. We'll just like, Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Yeah. No one would listen to that. Everybody We've got would like, listen to that. Everybody would listen to that. Are you kidding me? All right, all right, all right. Yeah. We should get the hell out of here. Look, we, we got here. Um, yes, awesome episode, awesome interviews. Yeah. So lucky, Fantastic. love that we get to do this. Love that we get to share it with everyone who's listening, still listening after all this time. Thank you all so much, Dennis. Anything else from you before we leap out of here? No, that's it. Right. Love y'all. Siri I guess I guess I guess Siri had something to say about it. Uh, yeah. so, so anyway, look, thank you all so much. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And remember to always leap responsibly. Let's set some things right that might be going wrong out there. Take care. all. Thanks. <laughs>